going to be a wake-up call when hundreds of thousands of people are dead due to lead poisoning. Uh, in case you're wondering what I mean by that, I mean shot and killed. Yes, there are going to be more dead on the streets because of these Democrat mayors and governors being idiots following the dictates of BLM and Antifa. So here's what I don't understand. Here's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. Here, let me read a paragraph from the New York Post article, which I will read in its entirety. Now, get this. There have been 821 shootings and 1,000 gun victims as of Sunday. Last year, for the same time frame, there were 466 shootings and 551 victims, while in 2018, there were 449 incidents and 548 victims. That means, combined, there were 905 shooting incidents and 1,099 victims for a time period in 2018 and 2019, close to the totals for this year alone, according to statistics released by the NYPD on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you, this is disturbing. This is absolutely outrageously frightening. This is the kind of stuff that you would probably read about in a book or maybe see in a movie. But we're living it, real life, right fucking now. So I have to ask the question, what the fuck are Democrats doing for us? Absolutely dick. They are not doing shit. They are allowing these Antifa BLM thugs to operate and commit murder, mayhem, and so forth with impunity. There is no reason to let this continue. So I'll tell you what. President Trump wants to send in federal troops? Send them. By all means. It's time to clean the streets of all this lawlessness once and for fucking all. I am sick and tired of reading these numbers. These numbers are sickening. They make me want to puke. But, of course, I'm supposed to be a journalist who's unbiased. Fuck unbiased at this point. I am sick to death of this crap, and you should be too. If you're not Antifa BLM, then answer me this question, America. Why are you sitting on your fucking lazy ass and letting your communities burn? Remember what happened to Rome while Nero fiddled? It burned. Well, guess what? The same thing's going to happen across our country every single weekend. And eventually, when they're not satisfied with just weekends, they're going to branch out to every day of the week, seven days a fucking week. And the bloodbath is going to be enormous. Well, you know what? I don't think we need to waste time if President Trump wants to put boots on the ground to clean up the streets and get the lawlessness under control where Democrats will not do that. Well, guess what? I'm all for President Trump doing that. Not martial law. Okay? That's one thing I will not go for unless it gets to the point where we need a temporary 
case just to hold down the fort, just to keep the peace, just to make sure the streets stay clean and not filled red with blood, innocent blood. And that's the problem, folks. Innocent blood is being spilled. And the Democrats say that Antifa is a myth. Jerry Nadler made that statement. He said Antifa is a myth. The fuck it is. It's not a fucking myth. It's a fucking reality that we need to fucking deal with. We need to stop them in their tracks. And that means, okay, U.S. Marshals, FBI, why not? Put them out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I heard a song once. I don't like it because it's kind of hard rock. But it has the lines in it, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Well, that's what's going to keep happening. Innocent bodies are going to be on the floor, bleeding to death, because our elected officials, the Democrats especially, refuse to accept that they are wrong. Wrong in defunding and or possibly dismantling law enforcement. It's time for the sheriff's departments in every county, in every state to stand up. It's time for the state troopers whose salaries are paid by taxpayers to stand up. It's time for local law enforcement to stand up and tell these stupid motherfuckers in office, fuck you, collectively, forcefully. It's time to enforce the laws and stop sitting on your ass because you are to stand down. Antifa's and BLM's protests are peaceful. So if that's what you want, you want the blood in the streets, okay? But I know law enforcement, the good men and women of law enforcement, the ones who are being crucified by a system that will not back them. They're being crucified and wrongfully. What, because BLM and Antifa say defund the police? The Democrats are going to cave in and let them run their fucking shows? I don't think so. America, it's time to stand up. It's time to stand up once and for all and tell these Antifa BLM thugs, go fuck yourself, we're not taking it anymore. Baseball bats, broom handles, whatever the fuck it takes. But beat the fuck out of them if you have to, but stop them. If the police won't, then we have to. We, the American people who want law-abiding citizens to feel safe in their own homes, safe in their own communities, safe in their own country, the time has come. It's past time. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend this all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Firefox News Online, live and direct from our studios here in the Hudson Valley. <clears throat> I apologize for the delay, and for those of you listening on Blog Talk Radio, sorry about that. We had a power fluctuation here in the, in the area. In other words, I thought the electricity was going to go out and interrupt my broadcast. And then I forgot to call in to Blog Talk Radio. But, like the kids said in the movie, we're 
here. Now, I've got a clip here I'm going to play in just a moment. In fact, I'm going to play this one first. This has to do with something that I said in my talking points regarding what happened in New York City. Take a listen to this. People are fleeing states like New York and California due to rising poverty, crime rates, and taxes. One America's Shane Althaus has more. New York resident Elizabeth Carr, an administrator with the NYC Moms for Safer Streets Facebook group, says even in the best of times, New York City is a hard place to live. Her comments come as crime, homelessness, and drug use surge in New York's Upper West Side. While Carr is only speaking for her local community, her comments do reflect a larger movement nationwide as people are fleeing states with overcrowded and poorly run metropolitan areas. The reasons for mass exoduses from states like California, New York, and Illinois are mixed. Some leave because of rising poverty, homelessness, and crime, while others leave because of tax hikes and the ever-increasing cost of living. UFC commentator and host of the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan, announced in late July he would be leaving his home city of Los Angeles to live in Texas. While he cites many reasons for his exit, one in particular is the leadership in California. They're bankrupt. This state is bankrupt because they're incompetent. They're not going to become competent if you give them more money. You know, it's just they've, they've managed the money that they got very poorly. They already have high taxes. There's a 13.5% state income tax here in California. And the, the place is still f***ed up. And Rogan is not alone. In November of 2019, the University of California, Berkeley, conducted a research poll, which found that 52% of registered voters are considering leaving the state. According to the study, 2019 was the seventh year in a row which saw more people leave California than moved in. Recently, on a quarterly earnings call, the CEO of real estate website Zillow, Rich Barton, said his company has seen a large increase in migration to suburban and rural areas. Many in leadership are beginning to realize the disastrous effect of mass exodus, and officials like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo have resorted to begging taxpayers to come back. You got to come back. When are you coming back? We'll go to dinner. I'll buy you a drink. Come over. I'll cook. They're not coming back right now. And you know what else they're thinking? If I stay there, they pay a lower income tax because they don't pay the New York City surcharge. Another reason for relocation out of New York City is the 118% increase in crime from the same time in 2019. One of the most popular locations for domestic migrants is the state of Texas, which has recently attracted companies like Elon Musk's Tesla. And unlike California and New York, Texas has no state income tax. However, Texans have begun rallying around the phrase, don't California my Texas, as more than 86,000 former Golden State residents have arrived. Shane Althaus, One America News. And of course, I want to acknowledge One America News as the source of that audio clip. Now, uh, I think it's a safe bet we go to the phones here at 347-945-5747. Joining me on the phone line from the Lone Star, oddly enough, from the Lone Star State, Gunslinger is in the house. You just heard what I that clip I played. You heard where they're migrating to, buddy. Your thoughts. 
Well, you know, I don't, I don't mind them moving here as long as they leave that California attitude in California, okay? And that liberal bullshit. Don't bring your fucking liberal bullshit up uh, to Texas, okay? And I hope that anybody in California is listening to this show. Do not bring your liberal bullshit to Texas because you're not welcome. You want to leave that shit out there? It's like it's like a drama-free zone, okay? You want to go out there on that road? You want to fucking act like a fool? Go out there on that road and act like a fool. But you ain't like you're acting like a fool here, okay? Because I'll throw your ass out, okay? Um, and that's the way you, you're gonna have you're gonna have to do it, okay? But did I hear you right? Uh, they've already already had over a thousand people killed in New York. There's one reason yeah. to get the fuck out of New York. Jesus Christ, a thousand yeah, if people. You if you can afford to move, like I, I can't. Okay, wow. I'm stranded here. I'm basically stuck here, gunslinger. I can't leave. I don't have the money to do it. Holy shit. Cowards like Mike over here in New York that want to fucking leave for whatever fucking reason, I'm sure it, it has a lot to do with the crime rate and everything else going up and the fact that the NRA is being sued and God knows what else. But you know what? He can afford to move. I can't. Good though. I'd come down to Texas. You think they make a Stetson that would fit my big fat head? Shit, we got fucking cowboy hats, like fucking uh, a dinosaur can, can goddamn wear. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but but you see, Gunslinger, that's the thing. We're looking at we look Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a fucking popular ass podcaster. Okay, this guy leaving Los Angeles, and he's he's been in Los Angeles for years. I mean, he finally woke the fuck up and said, oh, my God, you know, kind of like having a V8 moment. But the thing is, you know, for people that can afford to do it, that can afford to leave, they're leaving. It's a mass exodus. Texas is going to get overrun. Between California and New York, Texas is going to become a sandwich. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm dead serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it definitely going to get sandwiched. There ain't no doubt about that. Uh, it's <laughs> everybody, I, I've said it for fucking years. It's coming. Not the economic collapse, but these people that are getting fed up their liberal-controlled state, New York, California, Chicago, uh, you know, all these big fucking libtard-ran cities, they're getting what they deserve. Because if you're stupid enough, like I've always loved to say, if you're stupid enough to go and bang your head against that brick wall, well, then you're stupid enough to get a fucking headache, aren't you? I could say, hey, dude, why don't you stop banging your head up against that wall and you might not get a headache? That's logic and common sense. But these fucking people that live in these states have neither. And that's what they, that's what they get. That's what they're getting. They're getting exactly what they fucking... Uh, what, they, what they're getting. Plain simple. Yeah. 
I mean, some of us really have no choice. Like, like you know, like I said, I can't leave because I just don't have that kind of money. I was lucky because of the stimulus to have the money just to move from where I was living to where I'm at now. I'm not going to be that lucky again. And to move across the country? Shit. Ain't no way. There's just no fucking way, you know, that I can afford to do it. And a lot of folks that are in, in, in my position are going to be looking at this and going, well, uh, we're stuck too. And that's the sad reality. But, you know, looking at the... Uh, Why does it keep going back to the previous? There we go. But looking at the at the, uh, at the clip I played, oh yeah, we're looking at, and this is the sad reality. Between 2018 and 2019 combined, okay, the numbers. The number of the number the total number of incidents, okay, and people. Well, let me let me pull this. I'll pull the article up again. I, I read part of. I only took a piece of it. But here's what here's what the full article says. All right. Now again, the number of New York City shootings in 2020 are close to the totals. For the same period in the past two years combined. Okay? And this should frighten the fuck out of anybody. The Big Apple is set to hit more grim milestones, with the number of shootings and gun victims so far this year set to match figures for the same period the past two years combined. Okay? Like I said. There, are, there have been 821 shootings and 1,000 gun victims as of Saturday. I think I said Sunday in my talking points. I, have to, I, have to, I stand corrected. All right? Last year, for the same time frame, there were 466 shootings and 551 victims while in 2018, there were 449 incidents and 548 victims. That means, combined, there were 905 shooting incidents and 1,099 victims for the time period in 2018 and 2019, close to the totals for this year alone, according to statistics released by the NYPD Sunday. The past week, excuse me, this past week, there were more than twice as many shootings over the same time span last year, with 38 in the week ending early Sunday, compared to just 16 over the same week in 2019, according to police. 
the number of murders this year did, did dip from last year with four versus eight for the week last year. Police reported a dozen shootings late Saturday into Sunday with three people killed, including a man who inadvertently flicked a cigarette at a group of men in the Bronx and was shot dead in front of his wife. The new stats come just one week after police reported that the city had already surpassed the total number of shootings for all of last year, hitting the 777 three mark August 1st, topping the 2019 total of 776 for the entire year. So here we have an honest-to-God backfire. This is a fucking backfire for Mayor de Blasio and a very grim reality for us all. Because if it can happen in New York City, just imagine what would happen elsewhere. And for all of you folks out there who think it can't happen in your neck of the woods, think again. Now that you've heard the full story, Gun, any, uh, anything else you want to add to that? Well, like I said, you know, these people, unfortunately, are getting what they deserve. Because they vote in the Democratic liberal nut jobs, okay? That's what exactly what they are. Like that mayor of New York City, that sucker is a nut job, numb nut, nickname numb nuts, okay? Uh, <laughs> how can anybody, you know, put up with shit like that? Which, you know, if Trump doesn't send in the troops, okay, to put this shit down, then there's going to be hell, okay? I was uh, looking at a, at a feed yesterday from Austin, Texas. That's the state capital down, down there. I'm about 125 miles from Austin. These BML Antifa nutcases surrounded the Austin Police Department, okay? The, the Austin Police the Austin PD invited this, this biker group down there. <laughs> they were pro-Trump, pro-police, obviously. And man, they, well, they, they had a yelling match, let me tell you. Eight of them got arrested. I said, backers, some fucking other idiots. They jumped on them some bitches like steak on shit. We won't put up with that shit down here in Texas. Right? And that's a, proof, that's a proof right there. In a city that is a liberal city, as Austin is. Unfortunately, we have libtards down here in Texas. Unfortunately, uh, but at least they, boy, they don't they don't fuck around down there, okay? and we don't fuck around in Texas either. They try to come out in the in the in rural Texas, especially down here in the south. Texas is down here in the south. They go get they go make they go eat, eat the business end of a gun. And I was looking at other ones last night from Portland, and uh, 
the other place, Seattle. I mean, they out there, I mean, they act tough in the front, like I've always said. They out there yelling at the cops, giving them the finger and fuck you pig and all, you know, yakety yakety yak. But when they come out of that building, them motherfuckers take off running like scared children. So they're really, they, they may act tough, but when it comes down to, well, who's going to get their ass kicked? It's going to be them. There's no doubt about that. Because there's no way that, you know, Leroy, did, you know, living in mama's basement, sucking on her shit. They're not, <laughs> they're not real men, I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> and for the people, I think it was Seattle, that those two old ladies, 70 fucking years old, they got paint throws in their eyes. Then that takes a real man, and it takes a 70-something-year-old woman to stand up to these suckers. Aye, 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 aye. I wish I was there. No, I don't wish I was there because... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. That woman had more courage than people younger than herself Okay, far more courage than people younger than herself that live there that are, that are not willing to stand up to these thugs. I mean, let's face it. These thugs, and that's what they are, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, are nothing but a bunch of thugs. You want to sit there and, and, and act tough? You want to sit there and destroy people's property? Looting, pillaging, plundering? Don't do it, in the, in, don't do it too often because eventually somebody's going to stand up to you and you're going to be looking down the business end of a barrel. And that's the reality, because people are getting, people are starting to get fed up with it, and they're also getting fed up with the lies that they're being fed by the mainstream media. Okay, they're getting fed up with with that shit real quick. I mean, I just I just did an op-ed earlier today. regarding journalism and showing what journalism is what there are nine types of journalism that are that are that are mentioned in that op-ed out of those nine only two maybe three CNN, MSNBC, and sadly, Fox News, too, seem to, to gravitate to opinion and investigative. But they twist. It's a twisted investigative journalism on their part. So I'm going to be putting that uh, op-ed out there. It's going to be posted on, on my Facebook.com slash Firefox News Online Journalist page. And uh, people can uh, check it out for your, you can check it out for yourself and see 
where I where I stand on all of this mainstream media bullshit. But it, it's it's a stark reality. It is a sad, stark reality that we are that we are faced with. Okay. And it really does make one wonder. Attorney General Bill Barr. Talked about the lies that are being that the American people are being sold by the mainstream media. I've got that story right here. Take a listen. Attorney General William Barr says he's appalled by the violence we're seeing around the country, and he faulted the liberal media for lying to the American people. Barr spoke to conservative talk show host Mark Levin for Levin's cable show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's happening right out in the streets. Anyone with eyes can see what's happening. They see the violence. They see these groups of agitators in their black outfits and their helmets and their shields which incidentally have the hammer and sickle on them most of the time, rushing the police, causing violence, throwing rocks, people showing up with their rocks and with frozen bottles. That's happening. That's happening in front of people. You don't see it on any of the national news. You don't see it on the networks. You don't see it on the other cable stations. And yet, you hear about these peaceful demonstrators. So it's a, yeah, it just, it's a lie. The American people are being told a lie by the media. Barr noted that the big media outlets are corporate-owned entities that pretty much toe the party line. The reporting is all the same, right down to the words and phrases and talking points used. It's become extremely monolithic. And it's wedded in many ways to the Democratic Party. It's a partisan press, largely. Barr said he knew the nation was in trouble when people started using the word narrative. The word narrative really suggests that there is no objective truth. There's no real story of what happened. It's just everyone has their own narrative. And you get to then, the press can justify presenting a story that doesn't really correspond to objective truth. But it's our narrative. We have a narrative. Now, Attorney General Bill Barr, you know, he, 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 he sees quite clearly the way the mainstream media operates. And it's the mainstream media's constant twisted narrative that is fueling and fanning the flames of Antifa slash BLM and their violent actions. And it needs to stop. You know, these these networks, these uh, these uh, cable channels for new that call themselves news organizations, these uh, uh, newspapers that lean so far to the left they can reach around and touch themselves is pathetic, because they 
tote the liberal line? When will the American people finally say, fuck the mainstream media? Well, they're saying it and slowly but surely gravitating to the alternative media sources like this network, Firefox News Online. They're gravitating here because they know that we're not going to mince any words. We're going to tell it like it is. You know what I'm saying, Gun? He thinks Gunslinger has uh, appeared. Oh, wait a minute. I hear something. Well, I did hear something. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, sorry about that. I had to step away. <laughs> Did you hear the, the the audio clip I played just now? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, wow, uh, I heard three quarters of it. Um, well, I can't disagree with it. <laughs> I mean, it's right to the point. I mean, uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah, but. Now, something's not going right. I just tried to post something on uh, the FFNO-IBN page on Facebook, and it says, your post failed to upload. Please check your Internet connection and refresh the browser to try again. There's nothing wrong with my Internet connection. Go figure. There's not a whole heck of a lot that Attorney General Bill Barr can do about about the media. But there is a lot he can do about Antifa slash BLM. And I think it's time, it's actually past time, that he did something about that, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously it's, it's long past time. BLM should be labeled as a terrorist organization. Just look at what they're doing. Okay. They're in cahoots with Antifa and all that. You know they are. So, yeah. Absolutely. You need to do it like last year. <laughs> all this shit started, you know, really started doing. Well, I'm hoping that something comes of it real soon. I hope that Bill Barr does something because this is getting out of hand. What's happening across our our nation is absolutely appalling. 
incredible. But Gunslinger, the question becomes, aside from having to arm ourselves, there has to be something that the you know that the people can do in these places where violence is becoming more and more extreme. I mean, running away and 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 moving is not you know. I hate to say this, but people are moving not just because of the violence; they're moving because of the uh, uh, because of the tax rates and everything else. Okay, well here's a thought. Maybe it's time to vote many of these Democrat losers out of their positions and put people in that will fight to lower the tax rates and make it possible for people to stay where they are. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Everything in theory is a good idea, okay? A utopian society, in theory, is a good idea. But... There's always butch, they start, okay? You know, throw a, a, a monkey wrench into the gear system, that kind of shit. Take mm-hmm. New York, for example, okay? This has been going on for decades, okay? Because it's a liberal, herd-controlled state, okay? Unless you suddenly, tomorrow, can flip a switch and get rid of all these fucking liberals in state, New York state, then what you're saying would come true. You could vote in conservative people that would run the state government like it's supposed to, okay, under the rule of law. But as long as there's libturds, okay, infestation, major infestation, in fact, even in the controlling factors of, say, New York state, it's never going to happen. Okay, never gonna happen. Right? I don't see it happen. Okay. And people that may have lived there their entire life, god damn, you know, none of us are getting any fucking younger, okay? And I'm having to pay these high fucking taxes on a little piece of goddamn grass over here. Okay. I'm having now to arm myself because the government won't the state government won't fucking protect citizens like it's supposed to, okay? thousand people in New York killed this year alone, that I'll tell you something out there. Yeah. And these people that are, you know, law abiding citizens and outstanding citizens and everything are saying enough is a fucking enough. It's a lost cause. Right? Some things you can fight for. I mean, I guess if you were seventeen years old, young, dumb, full of cum, okay. You have your entire life ahead of you that you might you might be able to see it if you was that person. But if you're an older person like me, you, or anybody else, goddamn, I mean, you're going to have to fight for the rest of your life over this, and you may not even see it. Think about it. Life's too goddamn short, man, okay, to have to put up with this bullshit, fucking crime, fucking high taxes, all this shit. If it was me, I'd get the fuck out of Dodge go to a fucking place to say, hey, I can breathe now. 
I don't have to pay these high fucking taxes. I live out here in the county, okay? I don't have to worry about shitty taxes. I can openly carry a gun. Here on this little fucking rock where I'm at right now, I'm in the county. I'm not in the city. Fucking taxes here are only 300 bucks a year. That's not that's not a month. That's a year. 300 fucking dollars a year. Somebody we know, I won't mention who, is paying, I think that person said, $10,000 a year compared to 300. Which one would you choose? Go ahead. No brainer. Probably the $300 a year. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, actually, when you think about it. And you still get all the protections that you would in the city. We don't have city cops. We have sheriff's department. Okay, the sheriff. Uh, when I've had to call a sheriff down here on some unruly people, fuck, they're here in fucking five minutes, man. I mean, they they own, they Johnny on the spot. Okay, i got to give them credit for that. Uh, I've had to call the fire department a couple times. This little... This little city next to me right here. They respond. You know, the county doesn't have a county fire department. So, shit. I mean, they're less than two miles from where I'm sitting. So they're boom, here instant. Okay. We got water. They got a little, you know, utility district out here for water. We get all the perks that you know, a person would be in the city. But, like, shit, $300 taxes, county compared to city taxes and you got to put up with all the bullshit regulations again it's a no brainer yeah well let's look at the let's look at the reality of of the tax base i mean okay comparing new york to texas or california to texas you, you look at, at, the, at the high tax rates in New York State or California, and then you look at what's available in New York. You look at what's available, not New York, I meant to say Texas. You look at, what ta- at the taxes in Texas. There's no state income tax in Texas. Now, that would attract anybody. But the question becomes, if they're looking, if they're if they're leaving New York or California, and they're looking for work in their respective field, the question becomes, is what they are doing, say in California or New York, available to them in Texas? You know, it depends on what their job, current job yeah. is. Well, you know, security guards. Yeah, you can get you probably can get a job doing that Uh, if you're a um, an investment banker, maybe if there's a job available. You know what I'm saying, Gun? Well, you know, it's when you make that decision, you would have to base it on well, is it time for a career change? Okay. 
to get away from hmm. the high taxes and the income taxes. Like you said, we don't have no income tax here. Uh, you got to, you know, the left side of the coin or the right side of the coin. You got to weigh your choices. Let's see. I don't have to pay $10,000 a year in tax. I have no income tax. Better living conditions. Less regulations. Okay, I'm gone. I'll change. I mean, I'll learn a new. I'll learn something new. I mean, it just—it's a that decision that you had to make at that point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because um, let, let's face the you know the, the the cosmic reality. Okay, and I, I call it a cosmic reality because let's say for the sake of you know, this discussion, let's say I could afford to move. Okay. Let's say I could afford to move again, only this time to Texas. Now, given, I only know, truthfully, I think maybe I know one person in Texas and that's you. I mean, Beyond that, I don't know anybody else in Texas. Well, no, I take that back. Um, Smoky uh, TX is uh, is in Texas also, so I, I do know him too. So it's like I know two people in Texas. And would I would I would I make it in Texas? Being you know being on disability and everything else and. You know, the question becomes, finding one, finding a, a place that I can afford. Two, finding a, um, uh, if I don't have Section 8 by then, finding a housing, an alternative uh, subsidy that would help me there in the state of Texas. And then there comes the big question for me, not just you know moving there and stuff like that, but would I be able to really enjoy living in the state of Texas? There, 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 there would have to be something to really gravitate me there, you know. And I think the one thing that would really gravitate me is that geographic change for the better. But here's something that people, if they're not leaving because of the taxes and everything, if they're leaving because of the, the constant violence and everything that goes on, sadly, they're, they're, they're kind of overlooking one major factor. They're overlooking the one major factor that, um, you know, that, that a lot of us do look at. Okay. I could move to Texas, but the problems of New York, as far as the violence and everything, could end up happening there too, on a massive scale. So would I be trading one one type of one? Uh, one one area of violent a- actions 
to move to another place that might potentially down the road have the same problem. You know, I have to look at these factors. <clears throat> so for me to, to make that decision, if I could afford to do it, would be based on quite a, quite a few factors, to be sure. But there are people who who think that it's all so easy to move, to just uproot. I also have to look at my medical situation, finding doctors, you know, that will work with me, not force stuff down, not force, put me in a position where I'm, I feel like I'm being forced to take a certain type of medication or uh, would probably uh, just do what they what they think is the best, and it'd be the bare minimum. It's a question of getting established with not just a primary care doctor, but also getting established with a neurologist, okay, a heart doctor. You know, there's a lot of factors you know that I would have to look at. Okay, and, I, and I'm using myself as an example, not that I'm, you know, making this about myself, but I'm using myself as, the exam, as an example of what one person can face, okay? I also have to look at one other factor. The last time I moved out of New York State for a short time was in late 1999, early 2000. When I moved out of New York to live in LaPorte, Indiana, that turned into a nightmare. It was a disaster. And I ended up having to come back to New York. So I can't, I can't help but, but think, you know, it, it didn't work out too well for me once before. The question is, you know, do I dare take that kind of a risk with all of these other factors in, in mind? The housing, the medical, and so forth. I'm not the only person that has to look at that. Other people have to look at that that are on fixed incomes or on the low end of the poverty, you know, sitting on the poverty scale and just barely surviving that may not be on disability or social security, but in actuality might, you know, might be working, you know, a job that just barely has them surviving, you know? So I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot of factors that, that, that have to be looked at, that have to be taken into consideration, that have to be taken, um, before a final decision of that of that kind can be made, because that's a major geographic change involving many different factors, and I think for me, the biggest factor is afford, affording the the trip in the first place. I can't 
And I don't see that happening or changing in the near future. Now, I've had people offer to help me move to where they live. Okay? But no. I, I just, I can't uproot my life that easily, as I just pointed out. So if, I, you know, if I'm having trouble, I have to think that, I have to believe that there are other folks who would be in a similar boat. And it'd be just my luck, the boat springs a leak. You know what I'm saying, Gunn? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it definitely about that. But, you know, like I said, but if if he was able to, you know, like I said, it'd be up to, up to the person's decision. But based upon what the factors that I just said, I, you know, it, it would be a better choice, in my opinion, if I was like that, if I lived in a place like that, I, you know, I would try to think of something, maybe. I mean, or if I had the money, I would definitely be in a situation like that. You know, I, I can't imagine living in a place like New York State or even New York City, for that matter, where they protect the criminals more than they do you, okay? Uh, mm. a, a very non-friendly gun state. I mean, those fucking gun laws up there, holy Toledo, man. I, could, you know, I still can't hardly wrap my head around that, that, that they would be that fucking stupid and they would go, be so unconstitutional. When the Second Amendment is clear, okay, it's clear, part of clear, don't you understand? For them idiots. Well, they're fucking liberals. There's your fucking problem right there. So, until... To the, that, to the liberal mind, it, it makes perfect sense to infringe on our, on our gun rights. Well, yeah, if you're a liberal, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> they live in a fantasy world anyway. So, yeah, why not? Okay, but again, until you can breed these motherfuckers out, if that's even possible, that situation, because you know, it's 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 like in New York, it's like the it's like the good old boy system down here in Texas. You scratch my ass, I'll scratch yours. Okay, and that's the way it works in politics, especially when you're in a liberal beehive like New York is. And it's been that way. Hell, it's been that way ever since I can. Okay, and I'm not even from New York. Never been. There. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just like. Stop banging your head against that wall. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm glad I wasn't born there. I'll tell you what, Gunslinger. (laughs) I'll tell you what. If I could, if I could afford to take take a trip, even just to to visit. The state of Texas. If I could find a way to just take a take a trip down to Texas, just to pay just to pay you a visit, you know, uh, hopefully I'd be able to find a, a room to stay, you know, a hotel room to stay in for the, for the time I'll be there. But uh, the way I see it is this: I'd come down to Texas, even if it was just for a few days, just to get the fuck away from New York for a short time. <laughs> Kind of take a vacation from from that New York state of mind. 
Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, brother, there is no fucking way uh, a person can stay sane without making that kind of a trip, even if it's just for a short visit, you know? And you know what? I, you've seen what I look like, okay? You've seen my face. I have no idea what you look like. And I'll tell you something right now. It wouldn't matter. You know why? Because I'd walk up, I'd be walking up to you, shaking your hand, saying, "Damn, it's good to be out of New York." And it would be too. What's this? Uh, you got anything on this shooting at the White House today? No, I didn't hear about that at all. Uh, they said that uh, somebody Holy was armed and the Secret Service shot him. I don't know whether they were trying to get into it, into the White House. President Trump was there, I think. But the Secret Service shot him. I don't think they killed him, but I don't know what condition the shooter's in. But he was armed. Hang on a second here. Let me, uh, I was just starting to roll a cigarette when, when you said that, and I'm like, what? Here's uh, something from, from Fox News, Fox Business. I don't know if that's, I don't know if they can run it or not. Put it in the chat room. Yeah, pop it in the chat room there, dude, and I'll see if I can, I'll, I'll see if I can run it up the flagpole and see if it'll wave. Okay, and it just so happens, I, it just so happens I have the um, the chat room open on the clip computer, so this is working out pretty good. Pardon me. All right. Waiting for it to kick in so we can play it. All right, here goes nothing. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, the live stream has finished. Let me see if I can refresh it so it'll it'll start the recorded version. Oh now. Play it. Go ahead. I dare you. Play it. While we're waiting for it to kick in. Oh, sure. And it's still showing it as live, which probably will say... All right. Can't do nothing with it. It won't play because they're still having they still have their, their their shit on the live, which doesn't make sense. But then again, uh, I've got another idea. Let's see if I can find this, this story on Fox News. I'll be jumping on YouTube. I I check that. I got it. Something on YouTube that, that 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 came up 17 minutes ago. Uh, okay, hang on. 
I got it. Now all I got to do is send it over. All right. One clip didn't work, but this one will. I hope. At approximately 5.53 p.m. today, a 51-year-old male approached a Secret Service Uniformed Division officer who was standing his post at 17th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest near the White House complex. The suspect approached the officer and told the officer he had a weapon. The suspect then turned around, ran aggressively towards the officer, and in a drawing motion, withdrew an object from his clothing. He then crouched into a shooter's stance as if, as if he was about to fire a weapon. The Secret Service officer discharged his weapon, striking the individual in the torso. Officers immediately rendered first aid to the suspect, and D.C. Fire and EMS were called to the scene. Both the suspect and the officer were transported to a local hospital. The White House complex was never breached during the incident, nor was the Secret Service protectee ever in danger. The Secret Service Office of Professional Responsibility will be conducting an internal review of the officer's actions. The Metropolitan Police Department was contacted to, to conduct an investigation. This concludes my statement. Uh, I, will not make, I will not take any questions at this time since the investigation is still ongoing. Queries can be directed to Secret Service Office of Communication and Media Relations. Thank you very much. Good evening. I'm Assistant Chief Jeff Carroll, Metropolitan Police Department. As Chief Sullivan indicated, members of the Metropolitan Police Department were alerted to the incident that occurred here at the White House this evening. Members from our 2nd District and our Special Operations Division responded to provide assistance to the Uniform Division Secret Service, as well as members from our Internal Affairs Division and our Criminal Investigations Division. At this time, members of the MPD Criminal Investigations Division are assisting with the ongoing investigation of the incident occurred here at the White House. Additionally, members of the Internal Affairs Division are assisting the Office of Professional Responsibility of the Uniform Division Secret Service with their investigation as well. Uh, at this point, the United, uh, at this point, the Metropolitan Police Department is in a supporting role of the United States Secret Service. And any other questions, we can refer back to Chief Sullivan and the Secret Service. So, how was the Secret Service officer injured? Okay, uh, this was actually the Fox Business Network's uh, video. This was probably what you were trying to send me initially the first time. No problem. Uh, right now, the, the, the deputy, the chief, and uh, I guess uh, one other person decided to walk away from the microphone, and they... Uh, 
that point, you know, it was over with. One has to question, Gunslinger, did this person have anything to do with the kind of shit that's been going on in our in our country of late? <clears throat> I, it's very possible, as screwball as this situation is bringing these screwballs out, <clears throat> just like those protesters in Seattle, in Portland, and all over the place. Okay. You know, these, they don't care. I mean, when they tried to burn that police station down, they literally trapped those people in there and was throwing something in there like Maltal cocktails to try to set the goddamn building on fire with the fucking people in it. So when you have screwballs like that slither out at night, does it surprise you? <laughs> it don't surprise me. Good. No, it doesn't surprise me in the least. But what 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 I'm but when it comes to the White House, okay, we're talking about one of the most secure buildings in Washington D.C. I mean, to me, that you know, when you talk about the White House. Being the most secure facility, most secure building, you look at the rooftop and you see the snipers up there. You've got armed guards at the gates. You've got armed person, armed secret service on the grounds. You've got. Let me tell you something. When the president of the United States is in the White House, you better believe he is he is going to be the most protected. In Washington, D.C. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, when, you, when, you, when you're the most powerfulest man on the fucking planet, basically, right? He is. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, look, look at the fucking motorcade that he fucking rides around in. They're, they got fully automatic weapons. They got all kinds of shit. I mean, that bomb-proof, explosion-proof, I mean, name it proof, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they got probably missile batteries for incoming missiles in the White House area. Them people, you know, they shit. There's no telling what kind of guns they got up there. Just automatic machine guns, I'm sure. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows what who this screwball was or what his motive was? Or I don't think they killed him. And I think they he said they took both of them to the hospital. All right, yeah. I guess we'll find out eventually. Well, here's here's something that's coming from no way uh, via Skype. The shooting is only fodder to hide the 500,000 fraud voting applications in Virginia State. I don't know. I don't know about that, but 
just the fact that somebody was brazen enough to go up to the White House and pull a gun on a Secret Service agent, I mean, shit. Now he now now here now here's what No Way said also. Trump started talking about it, uh, the the uh, fraudulent uh, voting applications in Virginia State, and the shooting happened. And he says he was watching it. He, no Way was watching it live. Trump came back out in about five minutes and continued telling about the fraud. So. I don't know, man. I just don't know anymore. We live in crazy times. Seriously, we do. Now, I wonder... And I'm going to go to CNN and MSNBC and see if they have anything on the shooting. Okay, CNN has has something. Trump leaves briefing after shooting near White House. Oh, and they even fact-checked this shit. Get a load of this crap. Interrupted by shooting, Trump continues to spin false narrative around mail-in voting and coronavirus. What dipshits? What fucking dipshits? And let's see. What's what's MSLSD's uh, spin on this? Trump returns to breathing after shooting outside the White House. President Trump abruptly ends breathing mid-sentence and is, and is escorted away. That's what they have on, on, the, on their headline page. Oh, brother. One spins it with an attack on the president. The other one, well, what are you going to do? Now, no way said on Skype, mainstream media needs to hide the proof of voter fraud. So the question is, who put the shooter up to doing this, and how much did they pay him? Told Virginia Fodder to hide voter fraud. What do you what do you what do you say, Gun? Gun? Well, we seem he's on the line with us, but we seem to have. Lost Gunslinger. Hmm. Oh, gun, where'd you go? 
Well, voter fraud is definitely a big problem, one that needs to be dealt with. Was this shooting by design? Who knows? The way things are in this country right now, I wouldn't put it past anybody to have put them up to it. But until more comes out about it, if anything more comes of it, we probably won't even find out. The identity of the shooter. Somebody call me. Yeah, I did. Oh. Did you hear? Did you hear the comments I read from uh, No Way? Yeah, I heard it. Uh, about the shooting there, I'm not sure about that. Uh, it could be now. I mean, it, you know, anything's possible. But you know, you got some screwball people out there. I'm telling you, I would, it wouldn't surprise me. Nothing, hell, nothing surprised me. You know that. Well, the way things are in this country right now, nothing surprises me. It really doesn't. But the fact that the president was able to go back to the briefing room five minutes after the incident was over with shows that, you know, he ain't letting nothing stop him. Now we're about to be joined by No Way. Hopefully. And there he is. Hello. Hello. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was watching it live this afternoon, and even like I caught uh, Kaylee's this afternoon, and she was talking about his executive orders and and showed him, you know, where he has the right to do this and that, and they were trying to steer her away from what they just caught five hundred thousand. Fraudulent applications were caught in Virginia. Okay, so they know it happened, and he and Trump, you know, dead people, cats, dogs, illegals, people that aren't even at that address anymore, people that don't even exist. Five hundred thousand. He just started to mention it, so. You know, I, I know people, no, well, no, 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 it's just somebody. That's what they want you to think. What if that shooting didn't happen? You heard it right there in that article. What was the first thing? They, oh, well, he was babbling on about the voter fraud. Well, what do you call 500,000 fraudulent applications? Just like you said, they just mailed them to you in New York. Yeah, I, back back when the June primary was going to happen, exactly. I received a, an, a, an absentee ballot application, right? That I didn't ask for. Okay, I never requested the damn thing. 
but yet they sent it to me. And right. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Voter fraud. Think no. about it. We sent out, say, 5 million voter applications, vote, absentee voter applications. Guaranteed they will get the 5 million back. That's already set up. They know who's who's the dead people, who's cats, dogs. They, they know all that. There's 500,000 fraudulent votes right there that just got caught before November. But there's no voter fraud. Don't let me take you down that falsehood. You know, we don't want anybody to get upset that we're, we're spreading false news, you know, fake news here. There's no voter fraud. That 500, that, that was just a computer glitch. <laughs> That's it. But it's awful convenient now, isn't it? They already know what he's coming out with. Most of it. What he's going to talk about. It's nothing for them to go find some down, destitute, Trump, Republican hater. Your family will get... if. You die, your family gets this amount. If you don't die, well, we'll we'll see what we can do to help. But your family will get this amount. And that was it. I mean, Trump came right back out in five minutes. Are you ruffled? Do I look ruffled? (laughs) This is a sick world we live in. You can say that again. And, And... he says, our Secret Service is great. It happened at the gate. The guy refused to put down his weapon. They shot him. Now, back to 500,000. He, he breaks it right down. And they're shitting their pants. Especially when they try to trip um, Kaylee up this afternoon saying that his executive orders are unconstitutional and illegal. And she went right down all the statutes. Section this, subsection that, paragraph this, subparagraph that, right there. Boom, 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 boom. All legal. Everything he done this weekend. Yeah. And, of course, Nancy Piglosi... Tried to uh, is saying that that her and her Democrat colleagues are looking into the legality of these executive actions and everything. And I'm like, bitch, the woman, this woman's got to be daft. Well, yeah. The president of the United States has a legal team. He's got legal means. And legal beagles that are going to sit there and say, well, Mr. President, um, you can do this and it's within, the Constitu- within our Constitution for you to do this, but this, no. This, yes. This, no. And they let them know up front. They don't mince fucking words. They don't, they don't, they don't sit there and, and twiddle their thumbs and go, no, they tell the president exactly what is and what is not a constitutional executive order in action. Exactly, exactly. 
And, and you look, where where was all the screaming from unconstitutional acts when John Roberts changed the wording in the bill to make it a fee to a tax? You know, they they didn't care. And, and this is where we're at, people. People need to understand. It, it's just like all this hype and all this carry on about this virus and this hoax and this scare, scare, scare and people and we can't do this and we can't do that. And come on. They're, they're pushing now the, uh, a football player this weekend. He got COVID, so now he needs open-heart surgery. No. He's having open-heart surgery because he's got heart disease, not because of COVID. But that's not the narrative. That's not, And that's not keeping people scared to death to even, well, wipe their own ass. There might be a virus down there. You know? I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm sick and tired of watching these Karens and Kevins flip out over something that We've been lied to for so long and so much in the past three months that people really need to get their head out of their proverbial butts. Because they need that COVID hoax going for their mail-in ballots, you know, mail-in voting. So it we're not getting the truth of if the virus is weakened or if it's done this or the true amount of deaths, the true amount of, you know, why are they screaming for plasma? Because the antibodies are in the plasma. So this is what's going on. We're, we're being, there's so many lies. And like I said, when you, when you, you looked at the, at uh, the left wing media, what was the first thing they came out with? The shooting. And it stopped him in his, uh, his lies of voter fraud, see? So they're already running cover for it, is what they're doing. That's what happens. Sorry to say, but the truth's the truth. Well, unfortunately, not a whole lot of people are looking at that. Well, of course not. Because they're not. buying the bullshit from the mainstream media. Right. So, and, and that's that's what happened. See, like I said, I was I was watching it live, eating supper and stuff, because and, it was right about 6 o'clock, and it was right there. I saw it play out. And I saw how they were freaking out, especially how pissed off they all got when he came right back and he finished talking about it. People's dogs and cats and illegals and dead people and people that don't exist and don't live there anymore and on and on. And he's just going right down the list and they're they're flipping out. So, I mean, people really need to... Whenever they want you to watch what the right hand is doing, you best be watching the left. Because that's what's happening. They're running fodder. They're running cover. They're trying to, to hide what is truly going on. 
And the one thing that, that, that bothers me about all of this is that people are, they're not only being lied to by the mainstream media, but they're, they're being convinced that they're the only authority on what this president is doing, in their opinion. Right, exactly. The effect of a lie is not that it's untrue, but it's how many people you can convince the lie is true. That's that's the whole key to journalism today. Make that lie believable. Tell it over and over and over and over. White House didn't even... They, all they were pushing for a while after was, the White House is on lockdown. They even had a reporter ask, did they take you to the bunker? He says, I was gone for five minutes. I went into the Oval Office area, and I came back. He wouldn't put, the guy would not put his gun down, so they shot him. He's on his way to the hospital right now. Done. End of story. And and they just, they were trying to create a narrative to eat up time. And he shot him off and went right back to the fraudulent applications. Yeah, because he's not going to sit there and listen to bullshit. Exactly. Just like Saturday. I was watching it Saturday. When one was being obnoxious, he asked her nicely three times to be quiet. You're done. And she kept saying something that they weren't even allowing it to be audible. And you could hear the other ones cheering her rude and ignorance. So he just, he looked, his advisor must have said something because he looked over at his advisor. He looked back and said, good day. Walked right off. Left them all sitting there. See, so this, this, they're not hiding the coup anymore. They're not hiding the coup. They're not hiding the insurrection. They are openly coming right out. See how much, how much, how many uh, mainstream media people talked about the head of the health department in California walking out yesterday and resigning. Yeah, I found that. I found that rather fascinating. Right. See, so they're not talking about that stuff. They're hiding it. Because so many people, if they're not talking about it on the news, then it didn't happen. We have to live in our reality, and our reality is what we make it. And I had to fix a part of my video and put it back up today. Because NBC, Universal, and YouTube didn't like one section. Oh, that's blocked nationwide or worldwide. So I took that part out, and I put my own part, my own videos and stuff back in, and I put my own words back in instead of using the ones at the start there where I did. So I put them in myself. <laughs> So we'll see if the video holds tomorrow. Now this is the video that I watched uh, yeah. the other day. Yeah, but you you didn't watch it because it's not there anymore. So according to YouTube, all those viewers that viewed it, well, will block it, force it to be taken down, 
and then that means they didn't watch it. So you know, you didn't watch it. You didn't see it. You saw nothing. As far we, as they're concerned, I saw nothing. But I did <laughs> see something. The the same exact videos back up. But at the start there, I, I used little... And the thing is, it wasn't even 30 seconds of it, and it was pieced in. The words there from that movie. Because they fit. You know? So instead, now, it, it, it says... Uh, Police are seen as criminals. Are called uh, police are called criminals. Criminals are called heroes. Democrat-run cesspools are, are rotting cesspools of corruption and violence. So I put my own wording in and took that out. Uploaded it right back up. <laughs> Now, just for just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go to YouTube. Uh, let's see here. Scrolling down to No Way's Thoughts. And there's the redo. Yeah. And they hate it because I make it Creative Commons so anybody can use it anywhere without copyright. And according to them, it's only been viewed 22 times. Yeah, on top of the other ones that were there. Because I noticed this morning it up and died. I go... Huh. Wonder why it died. So I went and I found it was blocked. The original's still on the other sites. And I got links to them on the other sites. <laughs> uh-huh. so that, but my actual copy here says it was viewed like 28, 29 times. But they only want you to see that it was only viewed 22 times. See, that's the censorship. They're pretty pathetic, to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, in looking in looking at this, I saw the um, I saw the. Uh, I want to get it to that point. Right there. I believe it is the part where you where you put YouTube with NBC freaked out. So that's the part that was changed. Yeah. And uh, the USA economy is spiraling out of control. Yeah, so I'm going to display that on the screen. Of course, it's going to uh, make me work for it. Well, yeah. Nothing in this world is easy. No, I mean, well, the the, <laughs> the um, 
the uh, size of the image. Oh, yeah. So it, it had to make me work for it a little bit. But here it is, folks, for those of you watching on the video platforms. There it is. This is the part that had to be changed. This is the part that that is the change. Now, what I'm going to do is, <laughs> is I'm going to I'm going to show you Wait a minute. To see all my wording for the the next 30 40 minutes, I added it all in. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the, um, the at least the start of the video up to that point. Okay? There's no sound being shown, so uh, just so you're aware, folks, I, I, I don't have the sound up. All right? Now, this is what you see initially. All right? So now, watch carefully. I'll show you this redone version. And then I'm going to show you the original version up, up to that point. All right, so now, 20 seconds into the video, you see this. And it goes... For about, let's see how long it actually goes for. Okay, police are called criminals. Criminals are called heroes, like you, like no way said. You put that in there. Democrat-run cities have become rotting cesspools of corruption and violence. And blame you for not complying to terrorism. Gee. And then it goes right back to the original. Okay. <laughs> so. I love my program. I really do. There's At about a minute and seven seconds in, it goes back to the original part of the video. Now. The part that he had to change because YouTube and NBC Universal, the slime buckets, decided that was that was unacceptable. Well, let me show you something, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Stop. Rewind. Just a little bit. Pop that out. And now we show you the, the first minute and seven seconds of the original video. All right. So watch carefully. You saw the you saw the redone version. Now watch watch the opening sequence of the original video. Now I'm now under the fair use clause okay and I have the <clears throat> author of this video on the line with us. 
And he even, if he didn't want me showing you this, he'd tell me so. Now you see what the original looks like. And it's going to lead into, okay, it'll lead into the, wait for it. Now we're at a minute in. Need about five, four or five. We need about two more seconds, and there it is. So you got to see the opening sequence of the original second and the redone version first. This is what YouTube censorship is all about. This is what they've done. This is what the social media tech giants keep doing to us, not just on YouTube, but on Facebook and Twitter. And it's like, and and of course, Google, which owns YouTube. The censorship is beyond incredibly stupid because these companies were created in this country Knowing full well the Constitution of the United States of America states in the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Whoops, wait a minute. They also forget that there's a fair use clause that has been in effect since 1970. Well, hold on. Well, one thing that I, I will clarify, okay, any copyrighted material, you are allowed 30 seconds of a clip. You're allowed 30 seconds. Not one of those word sequences, they were pieced in there, yes, but not the section they came from, not a one of them was over. 30, they were 10 seconds each. If that. Uh, right. And I think the last one was like, so that falls under the fair use. But because they were all together, I guess that's what they tried to use. And you you can't dispute them. There's no sense in trying to dispute them because they'll just laugh at you. What it is, it's the wording they don't want you to see. They don't want you to see how Hollywood was was explaining their agenda they do it in their movies they mm. always have now this this weekend this weekend friday saturday and sunday on the vaughn.live channel i presented three movies from my own personal video vault the third one was just for shits and giggles, a, a, a comedy. But it was the first two that I want to allude to. The first was Outbreak, starring Dustin Hoffman and Renee Russo and Morgan Freeman. Now, for those of you who remember when this movie came out, it was around 2011. This movie spoke about an outbreak of Mutaba virus. Okay? That's what they called it. Now, it was transferred from a monkey. 
to humans. And it began to spread like wildfire. Now, listen carefully, folks, to what I'm about to tell you, because it didn't dawn on me the first time I saw this film. Because at the time, I, we were not dealing with COVID-19. Okay? We weren't dealing with that. But we are dealing with it now. Then you look at Outbreak. And for those of you who watched Outbreak on the Vaughn.Live channel this past Friday, you saw the steps that were taken. Okay? Now, the last, the last option... In that the, 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 the one option that they chose was to was to wipe out this village in the opening of the movie. They were going to do the same thing to this town in the United States. But of course, Cuba Gooding Jr., who was also in the film, and Dustin Hoffman were able to stop the, the, the bomb from dropping. Now, point out outbreak. Saturday night, I showed Contagion. Okay? I showed Contagion, another virus movie. Now, for those of you who are wondering, this is the two DVD set that I have, okay, which has Outbreak and Contagion. This is from my own personal video vault. So, I was sharing something that I own with you. Now, having said that, Contagion. During the course of the movie Contagion, the CDC is heavily looked at throughout this movie. Some of the stuff that we're told by the CDC to do, the social distancing, the hand washing, I don't remember off the top of my head if masks were mentioned, but I, I could be wrong, but I think they were. But everything the CDC said in this movie, and the movie, uh, bear with me, my... Uh, my poor eyesight is, is 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 not as it used to be. My poor eyesight. I got to put on my second pair of eyes. My cheaters. Only because I'm blind in one eye and can't see out the other when it comes to reading shit. And even that doesn't help. Boy, the print on this thing is small. Okay, fine. <laughs> So, I got an idea. I have a plan. I always have a plan, folks. I'm the host of this Megillah. I got to have a plan. So, please, 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 let's hear the plan. Did the movie Contagion come out? 
This movie came out on September 9th, 2011. Okay? Nine years. Almost nine years after this movie came out. What are we looking at? We're looking at a contagion called coronavirus or COVID-19. Look at what the CDC told us we have to do. Now, in the movie Contagion, they said 10 feet. The CDC says, in reality, 6 feet when it comes to coronavirus. So we have to social distance. We have to wash our hands thoroughly all the time. I'm telling you right now, my hands are in dishwater at least three or four times during the course of the day. So I'm constantly (laughs) washing my hands, so to speak. Okay? But they talked about all of the, the stuff in this movie that we are being told to do now. I think I meant I said this to no way via Skype over the weekend. How how prophetic this movie and the movie Outbreak are in relation to what we're dealing with today. Yeah. If you were to watch Clade X and Event Two Hundred One, you would hear the same. Thing, same thing, same stuff. Now, X the year before was with the United States government people, or people portraying them. Event two hundred one were the actual spokespeople for the WHO, the CDC, the World Bank, uh, the uh, National uh, National Security Agency. Uh, all of them, CDC. See, so World Banks and Hopkins University through Bill Gates and all of these entities, they all work as one. How to lie to the American people. Now, is, now it's important to note the movie Outbreak premiered on March 10th, 1995. Notice how very, very similar both contagion and outbreak are in in the respect of the viral outbreak. Became a global thing, didn't it? Look at Stephen King's The Stand. Hmm? Look at Stephen King's The Stand. Same thing. So... You have to ask yourself at some point, okay, at what point do we, um, do we sit back and say, how much of Hollywood was telling us what could happen down the road? Now, I'm no conspiracy theorist, and I can't stomach conspiracy theories, okay? 
And when people share conspiracy theories put out by other people, it boils my blood. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Now, I'm talking – now, with an investigative mind, I'm looking at two films put out by Hollywood about a viral outbreak. One movie put out in 95, the other in 2011. One movie showed how quickly the, viral out, the virus spread. Okay? Now the question becomes, how much of this, how much of this truly ended up uh, being more than just prophetic. Think about that, folks. Think about where we, where our government has lied to us on so many things over the years. President Trump hasn't lied to us that I'm aware of. No. But the Democrats have too many times. And at, at what point, I guess the question, that, that's a good question, at what point is the coincidences far outweigh reality? Hmm. You know, there's just there's far too many coincidences. You know, look at, at 2011. Look at the line, like I told you on YouTube, that they used in Contagion. Well, if you take them out of pandemic, you have panic. More or less, it's the Democrats that are saving us from panic. But in reality today, what do we see? It's the Democrats that are creating the panic. They're creating the panic. They're they're creating the coincidences. And they're doing it blatantly right before your eyes. I don't trust anything that comes out of any of their mouths. They've lied since March. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Masks don't work. Don't, Don't bother with masks. Well, you know, wear a mask if you want to. Oh, now it's mandated. Even though they know that high carbon dioxide levels in one's blood can cause, first of all, panic. Because your body's trigger is you can't breathe. That's the the trigger right from the brain. And you're agitated. And you're, you're angry. This is what it causes. They know this. So why are they forcing people to wear masks? They want to see who's going to comply, who's going to bow down and believe any, anything and everything they say, and which ones of us are going to be a problem. And they're not liking the numbers. They're not. 
at some point, the coincidences become too much. It's not a conspiracy when it's true. But, of course, they're going to call it a conspiracy theory. They have to. Just like voter fraud. It's a big conspiracy theory. That's all it is. There's nothing to see over here in Virginia. That's only that's only 500,000 applications. That doesn't mean they're all coming back. Well, yes, it does. That's why you mailed it to somebody's dog and their cat and their goldfish and their parakeet and the dead people in the cemetery and people that don't exist anymore in the state. Why else would you do it? if you didn't already have a plan for fraudulent votes to the tune of a half a million friggin' people. How else do they get 140% voter participation in counties in Ohio? How do they get 110% voter participation and every single one was for Obama? How does this happen? Oh, I'm sorry. That's a conspiracy theory. Moving on now. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember her number offhand, and I can't find it in the system. But I've got an 870 area code, and I'm going to take a chance. 870, go ahead. Yeah, I bought a dildo from you guys a couple of weeks ago, and it has. You're <clears throat> kidding me. No, Kim's not going to be around tonight. Uh, she has her her show. Her show's on. And stuff. I thought her show was on Monday, uh, on Wednesday rather. Yeah, but she's with other shows on Monday and Tuesday. That's what she said. That's why last week she showed up on Thursday. Okay. Okay. Because I listened to listen to parts of the show, and you know, and 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 I understand that. I know a lot of people. They do freak out. And it's like, this virus is real, this virus is real. Yeah, it's a real virus. But it's not anything like what they say it is. That is all fear-mongering. When you're taking two different kinds of tests, why why are you checking these people for the COVID-19 virus itself, but you're testing all these people for the antibodies? Um, hello? Something's a little funky there. Oh, yeah. So so why is it all of a sudden this person that I guess supposedly contracted it, didn't even know they had it, got over it, now their their own body's defenses have destroyed the virus. Oh, but no, but that's still, that's still a COVID case. This person has heart disease. He's having open heart surgery because of heart disease, not because of COVID. COVID didn't cause it. But that's what they want you to believe. Yeah, they, they want you to believe their narrative. Right. And I'm sorry, I don't. I want the facts. I'll look at all these doctors. Why are they why are they silencing and firing all these doctors that are telling the truth about the drugs that work? Well, they're all making millions of dollars 
for their, themselves on drugs that are brand new and untested, and they have no idea what this stuff is going to do to you. But who cares when you're going to wind up with a few hundred thousand dollars in your pocket? And next month, a few hundred thousand more. And next month, a few hundred thousand. Who cares? Okay. Uh, Dex Dark um, in the chat room. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to even entertain that that comment. Okay. But he's saying that they want us all in FEMA trailers. One test is to tell who should go to the camps, the ones who won't wear masks. Dude, please stop. Oh, the tro- the trolls are out. They're all livid. Nobody's buying into their bullshit anymore. You know, and, and that's, there you go. And that character, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah it, it is sad. It, it is sad. It, it truly is. You know, and, and actually, when when you got want to get right down and look at it, what what do you have? Actually, when I see people with a mask, well, I see Satan's minions. I see people that are being deceived. I see people that will damn themselves to hell. I mean, if it wasn't for for the fact that I have to go into a store, you know, to buy groceries. It's like I wouldn't even bother. Problem? I have a problem breathing with high heat and humidity. And I went to go into the store, into a major grocery store, without my mask on because it was very humid, very hot, and I, could, and I was having trouble breathing. And I was told to leave the store unless I put on a mask. And I said, people with breathing problems are told by the CDC they don't have to wear a mask. I have a problem breathing because of the the extreme humidity and heat. Do you want me to die? They told me to leave. Now, I have a ma- I did have my mask on me. I just didn't put it on because I was having trouble catching my breath. And when I told him what the CDC said, <laughs> you know what the store manager's answer was? Who cares? Uh, a little more gruff than that. He said, I don't fucking care what the CDC said. Right. So I called up the store's corporate offices right then and there. And corporate told me they're supposed to comply with the CDC directives. If the CDC is saying that you, don't, that you have a breathing problem and you, you, you can't wear a mask, then you don't wear a mask. 
They, he had no right talking to you the way he did. Five minutes after making that phone call, the assistant manager came out and said, sir, if you want, if you want to do your, get your groceries, by all means, come on in. On the way out the door was the store manager. And he didn't say two words. Of course not. By tomorrow, he'll be demoted. You're back to stock, boy. <laughs> I hope so. I, no, I, I was not going to have that shit, you know? And the assistant manager said he had no right speaking to you that way, number one. And number two, for him to talk to you that way at all should have gotten him fired. But most likely it'll only get him suspended from from his job for a week or two. Right. I said, but, you you got to be kidding me. That that's that some bitch talks to me the way he did, and the only thing he'll get is maybe a suspension. That's fucked that. Yeah, it is. The the, the 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 assistant manager just very softly said, "You know it." It is fucked up, and I agree with you, sir. Have a good have a good time shopping. But that that's the whole thing. So many people believe everything they're told. Mm-hmm. They are that they're, they're scared to death of their own shadow. It's just a shadow, meaning the sun cannot pass through your solid body. It's called a shadow. Everything has one. Everything. But these and this is and this is what they understand and this is what they know. They understand that they you know, ten, fifteen, maybe twenty percent of the population are gonna do whatever they're told. But they also know another fifteen percent are gonna be violent belligerent, nasty, they will attack you. They, they'd much rather kill you than listen to any form of reason whatsoever. And that's what we're dealing with. That's the Democrat base right there in the handbasket. I watched a thing yesterday afternoon, and I could not believe it. Yes, it's another one of those young teenage girls that YouTube hasn't canned yet. And she's right against this public school indoctrination. And she is showing where this, he gave his gender identity. He's sitting there with headphones on and a bandana over his nose and mouth. And he's talking with a little teddy bear. And he's all upset because the kindergarten teacher is not setting the kindergarten students straight. One was asked by the teacher, what is coming out of the closet? The little girl being a, being a little child. Oh, well, it's when you're playing, playing hide-and-go-seek and, go seek and you, you come out of the closet and where everybody can see you. And the, the, the little it was upset. These children need to go 
to re-education camps. We need to re-educate these Republicans and these Trump supporters. They don't know how hard it is for me in society. Well, of course it is. Because God has lifted his hand off in you. You want to go your own way and you want to follow Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, there's a price to pay for that in society. And what this per- and what this person did was talk absolute total bullshit. Oh, big time. Big time. These are kindergarten students and this is what they are being fed day in and day out. Even the teacher, I'm not a lesbian, but I'm a I'm a I'm a lesbian advocate and activist. And we can all be friendly activists for these oppressed people. They're friggin' six years old. And this Mm -hmm. teacher is indoctrinated. So now you see why we have high schoolers that are nothing more than teenage delinquents. And once they finally graduate from high school, well, we know what they become. We'll leave it at that. We know what they become. You hear it right here on the air. Well, you you yeah, also it see it, in, you also see it in places like Portland, Seattle, Chicago. There's your product right there, the public school system. There you go. Yes, it is. Yeah, one hundred percent gun. One hundred percent. I don't know, man. I don't. I stopped trying to figure it out a long time ago. Because every time I try to figure it out, I get a massive migraine. <laughs> Me, I just, I just hang it up and say, well, you know, the Bible warned us it was coming. We'd be fools not to think it was going to. Only, only the libtards would say it's not coming. Oh, of course. Of course. We're educated. You're not. So you you guys all know we're not educated. We can't have guns because we're not educated. We can't make life decisions because we're not educated. You mean mean to tell me you don't have a college my education? Yeah. (laughs) College my education? (laughs) Right. Right. Okay, I graduated from the eighth grade. Ain't that oh, good enough? No, just a moment here. This is embarrassing. I got a I got a fifth grade education. Yeah. Now check this out. You want to you want to see where where the indoctrination gets really stupid? I came across this story earlier today, and I just had to grab it. 
because I thought I'm going to give the guys the call in tonight a laugh and a half. School district says no pajamas <coughs> for online classes. <laughs> oh, it gets better. That's just the headline. This is out of Springfield, Illinois, no less. The school district in Illinois' capital city has updated its school dress code policy for remote learning, saying students can't wear pajama pants, slippers, or hats while on camera when classes start this month. Springfield Public School officials said they hope students approach online classes the same way they would attending classes in person, and that means following a dress code that also bars hoods, sunglasses, and bandanas, among other things. The district said students should also be sitting up out of bed, preferably at a desk or table, during remote learning, according to its school manual. The exception is that the dress code is uh, the expectation. I'm sorry. That is that this. Yeah, tongue tied. The expectation is that the dress code is upheld. Jason Wind. Bless you, my son. Thank you. That was better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say what I'm thinking because we'll be laughing too much. I said Jason Wynn, and he's like, bad. <laughs> okay. Better to better, better to taste uh, it in the fart and waste it. There it is. <laughs> exactly. Right. I agree. <laughs> well, J- well, Jason Wynn, director of school support, recently told school board members, we don't need students in pajamas and all those other things while on their Zoom conferences. School officials said the policy changes were developed with teachers, administrators, and parents. Concerns over reopening schools. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that no school will reopen unless the COVID infection rate in its region is considered low. He also said he he is waiting for New York City to deliver a more comprehensive plan. However, some parents disagreed with the rules. I made the decision for my kids to be at home, and I don't really see how any district can come in and say what my kid can't wear in my my house. Good for you, parent. I don't think they have any right to say what happens in my house. Elizabeth Bollinger told WCIA, and there's an interesting uh, call sign for you, folks. Hmm. (laughs) I think they have enough to worry about as opposed to what the kids are wearing. They need to make sure they're getting educated. Roughly 14,000 students attend Springfield schools. Classes start August 31st with a combination of online and in-person classes. 
School officials said they don't intend for the rules to be punitive when it comes to what students wear, particularly during a, a pandemic. If there is a specific concern as it relates to dress code, we will address it individually with the student and their family. District spokeswoman Bree Hawkins said in a statement. Meanwhile, the Illinois Department of Public Health on Sunday reported 1,382 case, new confirmed cases of the COVID-19 virus and eight additional confirmed deaths. Overall, Illinois has had 194,080 confirmed cases and 7,636 deaths. Okay. First of all, they had a rough flu season. Oops. Muting again. Sorry. I hit the button. Let me let me say for the record. You know, okay, no way. Okay. <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you folks, I got some of the I got some good ones calling in tonight. And they're good on they're on my side. Listen. So you think. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks a lot, no way. Thanks a lot. Make me make me look bad on, on, on the show. That's real nice of you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Not. <laughs> but look, I don't, I don't think any school district, whether it's in Springfield, Illinois, New York City, California, or wherever, has the, the legal right to force a student to wear what, to follow a dress code in their own house. Elizabeth Bollinger is right. They don't have the right to dictate what a child is going to wear or not wear in their own home. They're at home. They need to be comfortable. As long as they're not sitting in their birthday suit, who gives a shit? It's supposed well, to be apparently the schools. Yeah. Control, control, control. It's all about control. That's it. If this parent sticks to her guns, personally, I think that a lot of parents need to look at this and realize this is governmental control of your child and of your house, telling you what you what your child can and cannot wear when attending a Zoom school. Ah, no. No, no, this is this is going way too far. You know how many parents are going to close down? Though? Basically, put up the middle finger to all the scumbags from the school system, and this is what we think of you. Click. Close the lid. Exactly. They're going to look at that and say, what the fuck are we paying taxes for? So you can control our lives at home? Fuck you. Oh, our town hall still getting inundated. People demanding, we want our taxes back. We're not getting any services. We're not getting nothing. Uh, we're not paying taxes to sit, you know, for you to sit on your ass. We want our money back. I don't mean to sound cruel to your fellow residents of Maine, but to the folks in Maine, take this in the kind, gentle sense for which it is intended. Stick one hand in front of you and your other hand behind you, 
and see which one gets filled first before you ever see your taxes refunded. You know as well as I do, the government ain't going to give you shit back. They don't play they they don't play your game. They play their own. When it comes right down to it, taxes once collected never ever end up where they're supposed to or what they're intended for and so forth. Look at look at what happens here in New, I'll use New York as an example. The New York State Lottery Okay, the New York State Lottery is supposed to have money set aside for schools. Where does that money actually go? Not to schools. <laughs> it lines the pockets of these politicians that don't give a fuck. So if you think for one minute that your politicians are listening to you when you say, we're not getting our services, we're not getting this, we're not getting that, and we're paying taxes for it, we want our money back, you know what they're doing? They're sitting in their offices laughing at you. That's what they're doing. They sit in their offices and they laugh at you because they think you're a joke. I don't think you're a joke. You have every right to demand that money back, and you should get it back. But don't expect miracles on that front. The only way you're going to see that happen is if you vote these dumb motherfuckers out and put people in that actually have a brain. Well, that <clears throat> that's the thing people need to is it's not the state that has your school money and has collected all the the money for the summer events that never took place. That's the town. So, it's the town that the people are demanding they want their money back for the state. They want their taxes back for all the events that were canceled. And for some reason, they got more money put back in for the events again, I guess, for, for next year. So where did the money go that they already collected? This is the corruption. This is just this small little town. Think of some of the bigger cities and bigger areas, the hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in taxes collected. These people are still getting paid to screw you, to use this virus hoax to force totalitarian rule onto your house, your, your children, you our society as a whole. And like I was telling a bunch of people, they're saying, oh, they're going to cancel, they're, they're going to cancel uh, Halloween and, and they're going to cancel family gatherings for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. I said, no, you people are using, are not thinking right. I am going to put up a great big massive sign. October 31st, massive lockdown protest. All the free candy you can handle. See? So there's your Halloween. We're not trick-or-treating. 
they're coming here for the protest. And for Thanksgiving, I will hold a massive Thanksgiving protest. And for Christmas, I will hold a massive Christmas protest because it's fine. You can protest all you want. You just can't have funerals and weddings and you can't go to church because people are using the wrong verbiage. You're having a protest. You're not having Sunday services. You're having a Sunday protest. Get it right. But that's where we're at. Welcome to 1930s Nazi Germany, guys. You're living it in all of its luster. Yeah. Welcome to the book of Revelation. I think we're on about page eight right now. Give or take. Yeah, we're still working through the churches. Yeah. You know, and, and there therein lies the proverbial rub too. How many of how many churches are actually being allowed to open back up? And how many churches are still on lockdown? What 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 really boils my blood is that churches are not considered essential. Although President Trump said churches church is essential. But it's the individual states that are saying, no, that's not essential. Lockdown. Right. But yet marijuana stores and liquor stores, they're essential. Right. And, and that's what they're saying. Look what, look what Nevada just did. You can only have 50 people in your church. But you can have 500 in the casino or the strip club. No problem. Amazing, isn't it? It just boggles the mind. Because many churches here, they they won't reopen. They're not reopening. They're 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 scared to death. It oh yeah, event two hundred one had one guy that was saying just that. We need the support of the clergy because their congregation trusts them. So our church leadership is just as much at fault for spreading the fear as our government is. So how do you think God thinks about that? Uh, Aside from the fact that he's probably laughing at them most of the time, uh, well, let's face it. If they're if, if they're perpetuating the the the, the governmental ho- uh, governmental uh, bullshit, he ain't happy. Is right, right. He's sitting there looking at them laughing, <laughs> and then when he gets done laughing, he's like, "Okay, so you want to pull? You want to tell people this?" <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Instead of what you're supposed to be doing. Well, we'll just see how long that lasts. Well, we know what the outcome when he's had enough. We know the outcome. And it may be a lot. Well, 
book of Revelation did say Jesus will cleanse his bride. Who is his bride? We are. The church. He will cleanse his bride. Meaning he will clean out these churches. These big mega prosperity churches are still hounding people right to death every week wanting their money Mm -hmm. for no services. The church I went to right down here, they're still right there on YouTube. They still refuse to open. But they still want their money. But they still want their money. And the funny thing is, is people saw right through it. He start when they started off here a few months ago, they were getting decent views for the size of the church. Now I get I get more on one of my platforms than they do on one of their shows. On one of his hour long sermons. People are sick and tired. They want their church. People are now looking for churches that are going to buck the system and open, and they don't care. Those are the pastors you need to find. You need to find the ones that, just like it's stated all through the New Testament, you will be arrested in my name for speaking my name, for doing what Jesus wants of us. You will be arrested. You will be jailed. You think you're too good to be jailed when Paul, how many times was Paul jailed and beaten? And he done that for us. And he refused to stop speaking the the gospel of Jesus Christ. But today, look how easy it was. And the churches closed their doors. They didn't want the truth. They didn't care about the truth. All they saw was this pastor being arrested, that pastor being arrested, these people being harassed by SWAT teams in the parking lot. That's what they saw. We are right in the middle of a totalitarian rule, and nobody dares to stand up. I'll pull the first damn fucking trigger if I have to. I really don't care. But I'm not going to stand up there alone and do it. If I don't have the people that are willing to save this country standing there, then I'm going to sit right back and watch it all go to hell and say, I told you so. I told you it was coming. Yeah. And it's coming. It is. Always the one. Well, check this out, guys. California is releasing over eight. 15,000 prisoners, 70% more than earlier estimates, including dangerous criminals. And you're probably sitting there scratching your head going, why? Well, here's what, here's what it comes down to. According to the federalistpapers.org, if you don't need to be behind bars right now, you probably shouldn't be. Jails and prisons are breeding grounds for COVID-19. And while under normal circumstances, punitive measures would be perfectly reasonable for someone who doesn't represent any danger to the community, in this case, they're not the ones who need to stay behind bars. The problem 
is that the whole danger to the community line is a very blurry one. It's the kind of situation where federal, state, and local officials need to pour over records, including inmates, criminal history, whom they victimized, and what their conduct has been behind bars. It's impossible for anyone to say where that blurry line is. I'll say this much, in, in as much as it exists, if you come up with an estimate of how many prisoners you'll be releasing and then choose to release 70% more than that estimate, my guess is that you're over that blurry line. According to Fox News, California is apparently set to have released 17,700 prisoners because of the coronavirus pandemic, well more than it had originally planned. The Associated Press reported Thursday of last week (coughs) that the state overshot the original estimate by 70%. That revelation came in court documents in a lawsuit. A representative of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation said that in total, 8,032 inmates have had their releases expedited, and overall, we have reduced the total incarcerated population by more than 18,300 since March as a result of suspension of county jail intake. The expedited release and people released in accordance with their sentences. Jay Johnson, executive director of Californians for Safety and Justice, said in a statement last month, we're glad the governor is taking action to release more people. This is obvious. This is ob- I can say it right. This is absolutely critical for the health and safety of every Californian. Too many people are incarcerated for too long in facilities that spread poor health. Among the prisoners being released is 44-year-old Carabay Williams. Williams was serving out an 84 years to life sentence because of the murder, carjacking, and kidnapping of Kevin John Ruska, Jr. I can't understand why this is happening at all. I always felt responsible for him. I'm the older sister. Dana Love, Ruska's sister, told W, excuse me, told KOVR-TV in Sacramento. In February 1998, Williams took Ruska hostage at gunpoint and put him in the trunk of her car, apparently unhappy with his arrangement as it was. She then shot Ruska in the abdomen and drove from Washington State to Davis, California. Ruska was still alive when they got to Davis, so Williams tied him to a chair. She was generous enough to leave one of his legs free so he could potentially get people's attention by stomping. This didn't work, and he was dead by the time he was discovered. Williams 
was convicted of the crime in 2001 and was sentenced to 84 years to life. Now, 19 years later, she'll be free. And for this to come down, for her to walk, I don't even know why, to this day, why my son is dead, Kevin Ruska Sr. told KOVR. There's no reason to, there's no, re, there's no answer to that, mind you, but the state did say she was in a high-risk category. They declined to say what put her at such high risk. So how do you get from the original estimate of 10,400 to 17,600? The original number dealt with 3,500 who were released to relieve overcrowded prisons and 6,900 who were deemed ready for release in July. Now adding on to that, 700 eligible offenders who have less than one year to serve who reside within identified institutions that house large populations of high-risk patients and approximately 6,500 persons identified by the court-appointed federal receiver as medically high-risk for complications should they contract COVID-19 will potentially be released, the CDRC representative said. However, 5,500 of the inmates could be potentially blocked by Corrections Secretary Ralph Diaz because most of those are serving life sentences. Not everyone represents the same danger to the community that Williams does, but they don't have to. At a time when we're experiencing more than an uptick in lawlessness, putting more criminals out on the street has not <clears throat> counterintuitively led to more crime. In New York City, roughly 2,500 inmates at Rikers Island were released due to the coronavirus. In late June, it was reported that 250 of these, one in 10, had been rearrested some multiple times. Rikers Island, mind you, is a city jail. These are state prisons where many are being released despite that whole life sentence thing. This is not a blanket release. The point in time numbers are just a step in the review process as the department works tirelessly to conduct these releases in a way that aligns public health and public safety, the, CDs, the CDRC representative said. <coughs> Excuse me. By releasing a first-degree murderer, by scheduling a 5,500-strong 5, cohort of individuals for release when many of them are serving life sentences, there's no alignment there. No one wants to subject individuals to the potential of death. However, tragic though it may be, there's a reason these individuals are still behind bars. I would venture, quote, a lot of them need to stay there. Uh, quite a lot of them need to stay there. Now, I'm going to say this, and 
I know I may not be the only one who feels this way, but are you fucking kidding me? People serving life sentences, nine times out of ten, are serving life sentences because they committed violent acts of murder. So you're going to send thousands of murderers back on the street to kill again? This Williams woman took a man, threw him, <coughs> threw him in the trunk of her car, drove from one, place, one state to the next, shot him in the abdomen, tied him to a chair, where he ultimately ended up dying. And you want to release that kind of soulless, lifeless, in the eyes, human being back into society to kill again? Are you that, are you that fucking naive, liberals? Are you that fucking stupid? Are you that fucking insane? Yes, 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 and, and yes, yes, and yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe the people have spoken <clears throat> because yes is the answer to those questions exactly. But guys, you know what mental defective came up with this idea in the first fucking place. That's the person who needs to be put up against the wall with their faces buried into it and a fucking horse whip taken to each to that person and anyone who, who sided with him on the idea. Sit there and go, thousand lashes. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have because any problem. With, because with the chaos, people bow down to their authority. See, they, they lost me with all this prisoner release stuff. They lost me with the mask thing. Why not just give them all a mask? If masks work, give them a mask. Exactly. And, 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 and okay, unless it's a double occupancy cell. Then give them two masks. Exactly. And a face shield. And goggles. And a billy club. Whoops. <laughs> what was that gun? <laughs> what were you saying, Gunslinger? <laughs> no, I was just agreeing. I said, I, I think I say goggles when the thing down at you say goggles. <laughs> oh. Okay. people say, I have a strange sense of humor? Uh, okay. But you see, this is the the insanity that we're being subjected to. Okay? This is the kind of lunacy we are being subjected to. Alright? Not far from me, in Fishkill is the Fishkill Correctional Facility. Okay? 
They have the men's side on one side of the highway and the women's side on the other side of the highway. Violent criminals reside in these places. How many of them, I wonder, have been released because of the COVID-19 pandemic? Do I have to sit with my, with my rifle, fully loaded, every day of my life? Because some dumb motherfucker decided they were going to release violent criminals into our society because of COVID? Oh, yeah. Now think of all the COVID deaths they'll have. News at 11. 15 dead by gunshot caused by COVID-19. And in there lies the proverbial rub. Exactly. Chaos, 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 death, mayhem, chaos. And not just that, I, I will say that I know that a lot of these states are going bankrupt. They have, they they just have no more, you know, their people, their big brass, everything else, they're not going to take a cut and pay. We'll just get rid of a bunch of uh, inmates that are costing us thousands of dollars a year, and uh, we'll create chaos in the street. Where are these people going to live? Where are these lifers going to live? Who's going to give them an apartment? Where are they going to get an apartment? Where are they? How are they going to live? Most of these people being released are going to go right out in the street and they're going to rob, steal, abuse. It doesn't matter. And that's the design. That's how much Democrats hate America. And they hate you just as bad. They'd much rather their criminals kill you. than, And not just that. Well, now we've got all these open cells for all you people that refuse to wear a mask. Well, we are both, we just went off of the uh, live side on blog talk radio. Uh, Just to let everybody know, I missed the timing on that. That's been my, uh, it's been my, my routine all day today. Either I was late for one thing or, or, or too soon for another, and ultimately way too late for something else. Well, as long as I'm late for my funeral, I'm good. <laughs> You'll hey. be right here, folks, really. I mean, I never had a dead body um, this late for his own funeral. Hmm. I remember... Um, uh, a friend of mine, Ned Curry, who's the uh, funeral director for uh, for the funeral home that, that he operates. Uh, I've known Ned for years and years and years. Okay, this, this guy's in my hometown. And let me tell you something right now. Ned is a, he's a character, but he's all business. <clears throat> when, when, my, uh, when my father died, 
I looked at him and said, hey, Ned, can I be late for my own funeral? And he just started laughing. He said, well, what do you mean can you be late for your own funeral? I said, well, I'm going to be the late George Sinzer anyway, so can I be late for my own funeral? And he sat there at his desk laughing his head off, and he goes, George, I don't know how to, tell, how to answer that question for you, to you. I really don't know what kind of an answer to give you for that one. You're joking, right? You're just kidding with me, right? I said, no, I'm, I'm serious. In the meantime, my brother, my my sisters, are, and everybody's all gathered in in the in the the room where the wake is being held. I'm sitting in in his in his in his, in his office, stating a very serious question. And he goes, "Why would you want to be late for your own funeral? I mean, you're you're dead. Does it matter?" I said, "Yeah, it matters a lot to me." He goes, "Okay." Explain it to me. So in a very short explanation, I said, it's simple. <clears throat> I'm already dead, right? I'm, I'm being called the late George Sinzer by that, by that time. So if I'm the late George Sinzer and I'm dead, couldn't you hold my body in the, in, in the, in the basement for like, say, 10, 15 minutes? after the wake starts, and then slowly bring it up, bring me up and say, see, he said he'd be late for his own funeral. Give everybody a good laugh. He just kept laughing. He said, George, you're nuts. I said, yes, but I'm a fun kind of nuts. He said, how can you talk like that at your own father's funeral? I said, do you want me to really tell you how I can do that? You don't want to know the answer. He goes, you're right, I don't. Then I got up from his desk and I walked back into the other room with a straight face on. Just walked in. Somebody asked me, you know, where was I? I said, talking to Ned. What about? Eh, nothing, Nothing important. I looked at that. I figured, throw it. They don't need to know what I was talking about. I'm sure somebody heard me that was out in the hallway, but it never came up in conversation after the wake and everything, so I guess it wasn't that important to somebody to know. But yeah, I would love to be late for my own funeral. Where the hell is George? He's late. Well, yeah, he's the late George Sinzer. What do you expect? No, no, no. I mean, he's late getting to his own funeral. Well, the bus is coming. Social <laughs> distancing, you know. It, it, it happens, man. <laughs> I, you know, I've been thinking about that. When it comes to funerals, how do you practice social distancing? Believe it or not, Funeral homes are actually using Zoom conference. Well, yeah. I mean, you have the family, the immediate family right there in the funeral home for the wake. And you've got a few people there, you know, for social distancing and all that. But they've got cameras, webcams set up 
high de- 1080p high definition, top of the line cameras, kind of like what I'm using here. Okay, it's a 1080p, and they're showing the dearly departed. I'd be sitting there looking at this, going, "Anything good on TV?" Click. If I can't be at the at the wake or and or funeral in person, what's the point of even want, uh, looking at it? Exactly. And they they don't. This is this is the new norm. This is how people are bowing down. You're going to be good little 1984 sheeple because we say so. We say so. We are the corporation that we say so. So you do what we say so. So so we don't have to, okay? Oh. It, it's it's pathetic. And but you you know anyway, it, it's all Trump's fault. Oh yeah. You it, it, you voted for Trump. Trump. Right. So the country's going to fall apart. We're going to destroy the country and destroy your lives and destroy everything because you voted for Trump. So there. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing it's going to cause is a lot of bloodshed. And it's going to cost some of us about a dollar a pop, and it's a very loud pop. I was, I was, I was outside. Well, I had to go to the store today. I was running low on, on milk, right? So I'm outside, getting ready to, you know, cross the road, you know, to make my way to the, to the to the delicatessen. So a car comes up the road. And it's somebody I know. And the guy looks at me. He slams on his brakes, comes to a screeching halt. You know, we're, 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 we're laughing and joking about being late for our own funerals and stuff. Well, this guy looked at me and he said, holy shit. I don't believe it. I look at him and said, what? You got a booger hanging out of my nose or something? He goes, no, man, you're dead. I said, the, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I look alive to me. Unless I'm the living dead, in which case I, I, should look, I should look like something out of Walking Dead on TV. He says, no, man, I heard you died. I said, you heard I died. Uh, okay. When did I meet my demise, and how did I die? Did they say? Well, apparently somebody told the, told this guy that he they heard that I died in a car accident. That I was going down Route Nine South and got hit head on, and I died. I said to the guy, partner, do I look like I've been in a head-on collision to you? I mean, I said, you know, my, I know my face is nothing to look at, okay, and whatnot. And it looks like it's been in a few accidents over the years, I'm sure. But do I look like I'm dead? He goes, 
Well, no. I mean, we're sitting here. We're sitting here talking. I said, well, then obviously that person was. Dare I say it? Wrong. How many people know this thing about me being dead? He said about five or six. I said, do you know all five or six? He says, yeah. I said, well, you go tell them. I said, if I'm fucking dead, I'm haunting their ass for spreading a vicious rumor. Just well, on general it, just on general principles. You'd be surprised. I mean, people are, oh, what did I just put out for a video? People's reality is what they make it. Mm-hmm. Me and the guy I hung around with, his last name is the same as my third cousin's last name, but they're spelt different. Okay. My younger brother and my cousin turned into a place on top of a hill in a 50-mile-an-hour speed zone. So guess what happened? They pulled right in front of a car and got T-boned. Ouch. Ten miles away in Ashland, they heard Barker and Petra got in an accident. On the other end of Main Street, Barker and Petra got in an accident. Petra is dead. Barker's half alive. The only thing is, is it went from my brother to me and from my cousin to my friend. You want to talk about the looks when Harold and I come pulling into town and we stop by the store and everybody's eyes are great big and huh? What? I didn't even know yet. And they started saying, and I turned around and looked, and there goes a wrecker with my mother's car with the whole side, the passenger side, now in the middle of the car. Mm. Oh, yeah. And and it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, Harold's not dead. I'm not half dead, but where the hell's my brother and my cousin? They had the car. And luckily, no, they, they were beat up a little bit and stuff, but they, they both made it pretty good. But uh, And then Mum's car went on to become a 47 Dodge pickup. They took that big Impala. They took the 350 engine, transmission, took the frame, cut the bent part of the frame out, shrunk it down, and mounted it under a 57 or a 47 Dodge pickup. Redone the cab. But yeah, that uh that big old boat uh yeah, she got hit. She got hit good. <laughs> she got hit real good. But that's how that's how people are. From one end of friggin' Main Street to the other. The two people that were in the accident Became two other people, and one of them's dead, and the other one's barely alive. 
And then we're the ones that come walking into the store and watched everybody's jaw drop. Plunk. <laughs> it's like you, you know, now me. If, if that if I if that had been me in that situation, I would have looked at looked at him and said, you, "They they act like they've seen a ghost." Hmm. You think they've seen a ghost? They sure look like they've seen a ghost. Let's see what's going on. Walk over, <laughs> and everybody's sitting there going. You, you, you're 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 supposed to be dead, and then have your cousin turn around and go, "Well, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm I didn't I'm not pushing up daisies." Right. But it did suck because then I was heading back to the place we just came from, 25 miles away. I go back to Prescott, ran back to the hospital, find out what the fuck is going on. Because at that point, you're you're hearing all kinds of shit. Yeah. And nobody has a clue to what's going on at that point. So the only way to find out is went back to Prescott. And, oh, they're letting you guys out, huh? <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a guy who used to work uh, for the local newspaper back when I was a teenager. Uh, and his last name was Singer. He had the first, the same first name, same middle name, just different spelling, and one letter different in the last name. Well, he ended up getting into a, a very bad accident, and he died on impact. And he was probably, I'd say... About the age I am now. Well, the first thought you know people had was it was me. Even though they saw the spelling of the of the last name as being Singer, not Sinzer, they turned around and they said, "My God, Rosemary must be beside herself with all this." <clears throat> My mother is sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of coffee. When the phone rings and a knock comes at the door. So she answers the phone, opens the door, and she said, give me a second. And she says, hello, and, you know, of course, it's me on the phone. And I said, I'll be home in about 10, 15 minutes. She hangs up the phone. And the person at the door goes, Rosemarie, I am so sorry for your loss. My God, we just heard. And my mother said, what are you talking about? And they, they're all looking at her like, you know, my God, she's in, she's in that bad of a shock. She doesn't even know what we're talking about. <clears throat> they go in the house. They're sitting there talking. Mom, at this point, is telling them, no, no, you're wrong, George. I just spoke to George on the phone. I come up the stairs, and of course, you know, there's an apartment across the hall from her, and I open the door. They, you know, they figured, you know, it might be one of my siblings. When I walked in the door, one person decides to faint. 
They took one look at me and went, hi, right down to the floor. And my mother looks at me and goes, so, George, how does it feel to be dead? And I went, huh? When I found out who it actually was, and I told the, the I told these people that it wasn't that they misunderstood obviously the article because first name middle initial last name first name middle initial same as mine last name only one letter different you really need to pay attention to what you're reading in the obits. I was going to do something really stupid, but I didn't. I was going to have a life-after-death party. Good thing I didn't. Today is called a protest. Remember, we don't have parties anymore. We have protest. This is a life-after-death protest. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. We's protesting. But it is, you know, it's, this is how they have indoctrinated and, and created the the false narratives that people believe. It, it's got to be real. I saw it on the news. It has to be real. No, it's not. It's because you're, they don't control you. And the, the, we have to realize that the more, the more that Trump wins, <clears throat> the worse things are going to get. He's taken away their narrative. They wanted to fight and fight and fight and will blame Republicans for, for the, the bad bill. But yet, geez, what is this? We can't stop Trump. He's out there and he's telling him the truth. And now he's executive ordering this stuff. And he, he's destroying us. He's destroying us. Because, I, I, you know, I, I do know that the thing that pissed me off the most, and I couldn't believe, he took away one of their month-long arguments, two months, three months. That has to do with the the budget and the debt cap. So mm-hmm. he took it away. But now we're screwed. Because now they can just spend trillions on top of trillions on top of trillions on top of trillions. And it's unchecked. And that's a bad precedent. If you're going to get back to the gold standard, then let's do it. Let's let's get it going now. Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that this country needs to get back on the gold standard. It, there's no doubt in my mind of that. <clears throat> Whether yeah, someone has actually put the bug in the president's ear or not, I don't know. Well, but, he has talked about it a lot. He He fights the feds pretty hard. 
they hate them just as much as all these other rich people do. They're pissed off. You're, you're, you've destroyed our illegal, our ill-gotten gains. This is pathetic. And this is the same reason why Joe Biden is going to pick Susan Rice. They're going to try to protect her, thinking that, well, Trump can't come after us because, you know, that, that'll be his political opponent. And that, that's an impeachable offense. even though I guess they're forgetting the part in the bylaws that, well, if you commit felonies, treason, sedition, conspiracy to commit treason, oh, yeah, you have no immunity, dumbass. And Biden's already under massive investigation, and Ukraine wants his ass, and they want his ass bad, and not for president. To be Hillary Clinton's cellmate. I prefer Jeffrey Epstein's, but we'll have to forgo. We'll have to forgo that for a while. Yeah, another stroke or two, and and he will be Jeffrey Epstein's cellmate, and we yeah. all know where that is. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, I don't know how I missed this. But I give up. On August 5th, this story came out. It's from CNS News. BLM activist heading to Congress calls for end to U.S. imperialism. Take a listen to this. Allies of squad member Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat, Michigan are awaiting the result of her closely watched primary but in the meantime are celebrating a progressive win in Missouri, where a Black Lives Matter activist has toppled a 10-term incumbent. In Missouri's overwhelmingly Democrat 1st Congressional District, which includes St. Louis, Cori Bush defeated Representative Lacey Clay in a rematch after she lost to him by 20 points in a 2018 primary. During her 2020 campaign, Bush received endorsements from Senator Bernie Sanders, Ivermont. She had campaigned for him during his presidential run, as well as Justice Democrats and Democratic Socialists of America, among others. Clay lost despite having been endorsed earlier by the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Congratulations to Cori Bush on her primary victory tonight, tweeted Sanders. She is a true progressive who stands with working people and will take on the corporate elite of this country when she gets to Congress. I'm a Cory Bush Democrat. Pass it on, tweeted Palestinian-American activist and former Women's March co-leader, Linda Sarsour. Sarsour also retweeted a post quoting from a recent Cory Bush statement confirming that the candidate has always been sympathetic to the BDS movement, the anti-Israel boycott divestment and sanction campaign, which counts among its supporters in Congress and Representative Ilhan Omar, Democrat Minnesota. Last July Talib, Omar and fellow squad member Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez all voted against an anti-BDS measure that passed with a large bipartisan majority. In a recent video message to Muslims, Bush pledged to oppose what critics label President Trump's Muslim ban and called for an end to U.S. imperialism, 
endless wars and policies of destabilization in the Middle East and in Muslim-majority countries. Bush said that not only are we standing up for black lives, but for oppressed people everywhere, be they Palestinian, Afghani, Somali, Pakistani, Yemeni, Syrian, or Jewish, both here at home and abroad. Our people have a shared experience of dehumanization, a shared experience of aggressive policing, state violence, hyper-surveillance, racism and xenophobia, she continued. This has to change. Meanwhile, the primary for Michigan's 13th congressional district pits the incumbent, Talib, against Detroit City Council President Brenda Jones, who Talib narrowly defeated in a 2018 primary. The majority African-American district, which includes Detroit and some of its suburbs, was represented by Representative John Conyers Jr. until he resigned in 2017. Conyers died last year. Like fellow squad member Omar, who faces her own primary challenge in Minnesota next Tuesday, Talib has been confronted by a rival who portrayed her as being divisive and more focused on celebrity than on the needs of her. Uh, the last word uh, somehow got cut out of that recording, and it's uh, the needs of her of her constituents. Now, <clears throat> let me just point out that what they talked about in this uh, was the BDS movement. And for those of you who are wondering what that is, the BDS movement is the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement. It is a Palestinian-led movement promoting boycotts, divestment, <clears throat> excuse me, divestments, and sanctions against Israel. Its objective is to pressure Israel to meet what it describes as Israel's obligations under international law, defined as withdrawal from the occupied territories, removal of the separation barrier in the West Bank, full full equality for Arab-Palestinian citizens of Israel, and respecting, protecting, and promoting the rights of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes and properties. The movement is organized and coordinated by the Palestinian BDS National Committee. BDS is molded, <coughs> excuse me, modeled after the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. Its proponents compare the situation in Israel to apartheid. Protests and conferences in support of the movement have been held in several countries. Its mascot, which features on its logotype, <coughs> is Handela, a symbol of Palestinian identity and defiance. Critics say BDS is anti-Semitic questions the legitimacy of Israel, and is similar to the Nazi boycott of Jewish businesses. Now, the key people involved in the BDS movement is one person, Mohammed, excuse me, Mahmoud Nawajah. The, the parent organization is the Palestinian BDS National Committee. All right? This 
movement started on July 9th of 2005. It was founded by Omar Bagadi and Rami Shat, or Shat, or something like that. And this person, <clears throat> this person, uh, Corey Bush, is a Black Lives Matter activist. Terrorist. <clears throat> Terrorist. Yeah. That. And because I'm I'm sorry, I'll clarify one thing right now. There is no Palestine, there never has been a Palestine, and that name came from a Roman emperor that said, Over there in the land of Palestine. Oh, you mean Israel that God created two thousand three thousand years ago. Not something that the UN threw together in nineteen forty seven. Sorry. But this is it. This is what's happening in these districts. How do you think we got airheads on crack? How do you think we got the Tal- Little Miss Taliban in Omar and her useful idiot of Talib? Look at them. Look at these radicals. And they let's are. Not, let's not forget Ayanna uh, Priestley. Well, don't hear much from her. But still, yes. <clears throat> but look at the people that are in there. Look at look at what they're doing. This is this is how they indoctrinate. You know, they want to overthrow imperialism. Well, it, we don't have imperialism here. But what you want to overthrow is our capitalism, and you want to implant. A religious, a fanatic religious imperial state, which is Islam. You will have Sharia law. You will, you know, you're going to, we're going to tell you how to act, what you can say, we're going to control your life 100%. And if you do not comply, well, then we, we still need it at. No problem. We behead you. We hang you out there in front of the colleges because you're gay. Welcome to Islam. They are terrorists. Anything that comes out of Palestine over there in the Middle East is terrorism. 100% fully full-blown terrorism. Israel is the Jewish state. It is theirs. It was given to them by God. If you have a problem with that, take it up with him. It's that simple. But stop thinking that the United States is going to bow down to a bunch of terrorist Muslims who think they can control us because just like all the rest of the Democrats and the progressives and their liberals, lead poisoning is final. If you really want to go there, you're not going to be happy when it starts. It's, that's the fact. Because our government has, we've lost our government. We have. <clears throat> we have Donald Trump sitting there 
with some, and he's fighting all he can. But because of the ignorant people in America that kiss up to scumbags like Pelosi and Schumer and they, they hang on everything that that little gay piece of pile of crap called Anderson Cooper and all them other lunatics, you know, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, and all of them. They have no clue to what they are, what they're going to get. They have no clue to what it is that they're fighting for. They don't. And I just, I, I, I don't even carry on. I, I don't, I don't deal with their ignorance. I don't give a shit where their radical terrorist Muslim entity came from. Cut and dry. You're a terrorist, you're out to kill people, you're out to force <laughs> us all into your Muslim filth. And we will send you to Muhammad, who is now Satan's butt buddy. Do you understand that? He was a child molesting lunatic. Done. End of story. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. Bye-bye, Bubby. That's it. And and this, sadly, when Trump gets reelected in November, you do know that the rest of November and December, America is going to burn. It's going to burn. They've had enough. They will not tolerate all of their trillions of dollars all of their hard work and their indoctrination has been stolen from them a second time it's going to burn we will be forced to defend ourselves against hundreds of thousands of released criminals and the indoctrinated masses. Gunslinger, it's coming. Yeah, Gunslinger, you you heard what was, you just heard everything that was read and said. What are your thoughts, Gunslinger? Gunslinger. Last call. Okay. I know where he went. I'm not going to waste time uh, calling somebody that don't answer. But uh, it's it's pathetic. It really is pathetic that we have to... That we have to be subjected to this to the kind of lunacy that the liberal left is is putting out there. <clears throat> and what are they going to do? What, what are they going to do when, when Trump wins again? I'll tell you right. exactly what's going to start. They're going to demand a recount. They're going to demand a recount. It's going to it's going to postpone the. It's going to push well past. Well past. In the inauguration, I guarantee it. Yeah, they 
they didn't accept the election four years ago. You think they're going to they're going to accept this one? Hell no. They're not. They're they're done. They're not going to talk. They've lost. They lost control. And like I said, we're seeing right now with the scumbags in the street. These are punks that have no direction in life. It's a miracle many of them can even even understand how to dial the number so they can prove their ignorance to us here. This is what, these are the people that think they're going to control America. These are the people that are bowing right down and pushing the narrative that we're all going to die from COVID unless we all, well, die from wearing a mask. You know, it's it's pathetic. When are people going to get their head out of their proverbial backside and realize they're being lied to? They're being led right to their own slaughter, just like sheep. And they're not even smart enough to see through it. Why is it nobody likes a big, powerful government but everybody seems to want the government to bow down and take care of their own shit for them. Oh, well, government has to do this and government has to do that. No, government involvement is, well, number one, why have we lost our dairy industry? Because the government owns it. Why are we losing our farming industry? Because the government owns it now. Why are we losing our health care? Because the government runs it. Problems in healthcare is not greedy people. It's our government that's doing it. Our government has turned healthcare into a money-making scheme. They have turned prisons into a money-making scheme. No, they're not letting out the people that were given three years for a dime bag. Those people are stuck in there. No, but they're letting out hardened criminals and murderers and torturers and molesters and rapists. These are the people they're putting back out on the street. See, I think you you come up against a rapist, once you cut his balls off, then you go to a Democrat and you shove those balls right down their throat. And hopefully they choke and say, there, this is what you get. Because I saw a video come right out of uh, England happen this weekend. A migrant, Muslim, tried abducting an 11-year-old girl right off the street. Her father caught him, beat the living shit out of him. And it didn't matter that he was trying to abduct the 11-year-old girl. The cops arrested the father. Not the Muslim who was trying to abduct an 11-year-old girl. Go figure. Right. The insanity of the the whole thing is what it comes down to. 
And this is what's happening. When you can't trust your law enforcement to do the right thing, that's when you must take the law into your own hands, period. Yeah, well, you, you talk about not trusting the law enforcement. Well, it's not a matter of trust for this, for this soon-to-be former police chief, but I firmly believe she was forced out <clears throat> because of the Antifa BLM thugs. And you would think that that the mayor of, of Seattle would, would would try to convince her to stay, but no, Seattle, Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best plans to announce her resignation. Right now at 11 a.m. Tuesday morning, I don't know if that's 11 a.m. their time or 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 East Coast time, but uh, that would be their time. So then three hours from there, let's see, 12, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, check this out. An announcement will be made Tuesday morning, according to sources. This comes after the Seattle City Council passed its amended 2020 budget Monday that included historic reductions to the Seattle Police Department such as cutting as many as 100 officers through layoffs and attrition. The action was supported by demonstrators who have marched in the city following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, but was strongly opposed by Mayor Jenny Durkin and Best. Now, this is the, I'm, I'm reading this story from uh, KIRO Channel 7's website. In an email Best sent out to her officers, this is what she wrote, to the men and women of the Seattle Police Department, I wanted to notify you that I will be retiring from the Seattle Police Department effective September 2nd, 2020. I wanted you to hear this from me, but some media have, re- have reached this conclusion on their own. This was a difficult decision for me. But when it's time, it's time. I want to thank Mayor Durkin for her continuous support through good times and tough times. I am confident that the department will make it through these difficult times. You truly are the best police department in the country. And please trust me when I say the vast majority of people in Seattle support you and appreciate you. I am impressed daily by, at your skill, your compassion, and your dedication. I am thankful my command team has agreed to continue serving the department and that Mayor Durkin has appointed Deputy Chief Adrian Diaz as the Interim Chief of Police. Chief Diaz shares my commitment to this department and has the trust of the community. I look forward to seeing how this department moves forward through the process of re-envisioning public safety. I, re- I relish the work that will be done by all of you. After more than 28 years, I am so thankful for the time I spent at SPD. You are my family. You will always be in my heart. We have had tough times before and come out better on the other side. I am glad I pushed 
through each of those tough times with you. I am grateful for the opportunity to have you to, to have served you as your chief. Remember, take care of one another. Shortly after Best's email, Durkin sent a message out to members of the Seattle Police Department. To all members of the Seattle Police Department, this is, the, this is Mayor Durkin's message. I wanted to follow up on, Chief, on the Chief's note announcing her retirement from the Seattle Police Department. Know that while I understand the Chief's reasons, I accepted her decision with a very heavy heart. I have had the privilege to be with Chief Carmen Best in so many situations, with her family, at roll calls, in community meetings, and in nearly weekly meetings addressing public safety in Seattle. Her grit, grace, and integrity have inspired me and made our city better. These last months, I knew Chief Best was the person to lead our city through these challenging times, to, remain, to reimagine policing and community safety. Her leadership is unmatched nationwide, which is why it is a sad day for our city to lose her. Carmen Best is still devoted to this department and our city. I regret deeply that she concluded that the best way to serve the city and help the department was a change in leadership. In the hope that would change the dynamics to move forward with the city council. For almost 30 years, Chief Carmen Best has worked to serve and protect the people of Seattle. She rose through the ranks during a time when doing so was unprecedented and extraordinary for a woman, particularly a black woman. She defied institutional barriers and always sought to lift others up along the way. Over the course of her career on the force, she established herself as a respected national leader in community-based policing. She, re- she demands the best from each of you and has always fought to, give, to get you the resources needed to deliver. Like me, she believes in continuous improvement and knows that it is the choices and interactions of every individual officer and employee of SPD that determine the culture and reputation of the Seattle Police Department. I have known the chief for many years and worked with her when I was the citizen observer to the FRB on various oversight committees when she was a PIO. And while I was U.S. Attorney, but it, but it, but it's her work as Chief that has clear that has really distinguished her nationally. As Chief, she led the way on community policing. She implemented the Collaborative Policing Bureau, and oversaw the relaunch of the city's community service officers. She regularly met with community members and worked to advance a customer service approach to policing. She led the department toward a dramatic reduction in use of force against people in crisis, as well as a decreased major crime rate in 2019. In addition, she hired more diverse officers 
to reflect the community. And in 2019, the department hired its most diverse class in recent memory at 39% people of color. I have asked Deputy Chief Adrian Diaz to assume the role of interim chief in September. I am confident that Deputy Chief Diaz will succeed in his new role as interim chief. Serving nearly two decades in the department, he has led the, in, the innovative collaborative policing bureau, and he will work with community members and officers to protect community safety and reimagine policing in Seattle. We are living through one of the most uncertain and historic times in our city's history. We are in the midst of a global pandemic and the most challenging economic times. We also must rethink our approach to community safety and to invest more deeply in communities of color. The, the city, like its businesses and residents, is facing tough economic times. We also are at a moment when we must acknowledge the desperate generational impacts of policing on black people and other communities of color. Chief Best and I had begun the work of rethinking our approach to community safety and to invest more deeply in communities of color. That work must and will continue. I know that this necessary public debate is personal for you and that it affects not just your jobs, it impacts your families and the pride you have in serving the public. I also know it seems like the real strides SPD has made in recent years are going unrecognized. I talk to Chief Best every day, many times in the middle of the night when significant incidents occur. I know how hard you are working and you all are doing in each part of this city to serve the residents and businesses of Seattle. I believe your work and dedication is probably more important than it has ever been <clears throat> and agree with Chief Best that the city needs and supports you. I also believe SPD will not just make it through these challenges, but will come through as a stronger and better organization, which continues and to... if you recognize those powers, whether they be... Uh, where was I? Um, which continues to lead the nation. We are fortunate that Ch Deputy Chief Adrian Diaz was ready to step into the job, and he will ensure SPD remains committed to continuing Chief Best's vision to build a police department that is centered around true community policing. Thanks for all you're doing for the people of Seattle. Our news conference is scheduled for Tuesday at 11 a.m. Now, having read all that, that's a mouthful. Mm. Sadly. I'm not buying her bullshit. I was going to say, my, my, my political bullshit, bull, bull, bullshit meter broke. It can only register 2,000 tons. And, well, we got well more than that. I would say the chief resigned, just like so many others are. 
you've created this rotting cesspool of corruption and violence. And I will pack up my family and I will leave. And I will watch on the nightly news as your city burns. As your city becomes nothing more than a New York City ghetto. We heard the same crap coming right out of Elijah Cummings' mouth year after year after year after year while billions and billions of dollars that were given to his district in Baltimore never made it to the people. It never makes it to the people. It is wasted, used, laundered, stolen, embezzled, Everywhere except for the communities. Invest more in the black community. Now, how pathetic and racist is that? So you're going to come over here and you're going to steal the hard-earned money from the white people. And you're going to give it to what? The slums? Who created the slums? The government did. The government of Seattle created their own slums. They're the ones that allowed it. They're the ones that put them on welfare. They pushed welfare and dependency. Do you think they're going to stop that? Hell no. It's just more money for them. It's all buzzwords. It's all political bullshit. That's all it is. And it's pathetic. And I'm, I'm starting to agree with a lot of other people. Sorry to say, it's time for the good people. There's no more fighting these corrupt states. Maine doesn't push too hard. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot the fuckers first. We really don't care anymore. They know that. There's not enough people here for them to push too hard back onto us. But New York, going going after the NRA, how pathetic is that? I, and I'm sorry, I agree with millions and millions of people. It's time to leave California, leave Washington, leave New York, leave Oregon. Let these cesspools destroy themselves. Yeah. Now those, the federal those... government needs to stop <clears throat> sending them billions of dollars. Stop supporting it. Just like Trump's been doing. We're not supporting you. We're all done bowing down and supporting you people while this is what you create. Where, where, was, where was all this sediment when... Seattle had six blocks of domestic terrorists killing people and terrorizing the people of the six, seven block area that they occupied. Yeah. Where, 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 was, where, it all? where was Mayor Durkin when all that was taking place? She was letting, she was having the police stand down. They, exactly. And she had them evacuate a police station. And leaving 
a lot of innocent people to suffer at the hands of these these Antifa BLM thugs. Right. And it took weeks, weeks, not days, but weeks, three weeks plus to finally get off her ass and let them go in and clear the fucking place out. And in the process, they had people dying in the streets. These Antifa BLM thugs wouldn't let anyone in to, to save their lives. Oh, we know. We, 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 we know all about it. But this is what's happening. So that, that's why I, I wouldn't have read that whole thing. I would have got partway down the road and said, no, that's enough of this bullshit. The chief is resigning because she's had enough. I am not defending this rotting cesspool of corruption and violence anymore. I am going to set back, save my family, get up. I'm I'm all done paying the high taxes. I mean, how comical is is it in New York? Cuomo going to buy him a beer? Yeah, I'll buy you a drink, man. Come on back so we can tax the living shit out of you. Come on, please. It's the same thing as as Mills, right up here in Maine. Oh, you'll get a bumper sticker calling calling you a boomerang because you left and you came back. Now here's your tax bill. That's the underlying truth of the matter if people want to face it or not. They have bankrupt themselves, just like socialism always does. Mm-hmm. It bankrupts everything. Well, now that's the Cloward and Piven strategy. Overwhelm the welfare system and bankrupt the country. Then the people <laughs> will have no choice but to accept socialism as the answer. Take a look around. That's what they're doing with their COVID hoax, scaring everybody. You know, for the people that their their livelihoods and their homes and their businesses that are not in jeopardy, those basically getting paid by the federal government in various jobs, all your public sector. Their, jo- their their money's not in jeopardy. They could not care less about you. They don't starve to death. We really don't care. Yeah. Look at look at what's happened. Look at what happened in Chicago. Yeah, okay? yeah. Look at what happened there. Now get this. <clears throat> Black Lives Matter members in Chicago held a rally to support the more than 100 arrested the night before following the widespread looting and rioting that caused at least $60 million in property damage and saw 13 police officers injured. And insult to injury, the rally was organized by Black Lives Matter Chicago and was held at a police station in the South Loop where organizers say individuals are currently being held in custody. At least one organizer called the looting tantamount to reparations. I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's 
or a Nike store because that makes sure that person eats, said Ariel Atkins, a BLM organizer, that makes sure that person has clothes. Yeah, what about the employees of that store? I guess you don't care if they eat. I guess you don't care if they have clothes on their back because you just burned out their job. No, they 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 went in and stole everything from their job from that person's job. That's what they basically did. They they stole right. the merchandise first and then set fire to it. I'm I'm, I'm almost sure right. of that. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. So that means the employees that work there they no longer have a job. So that means they don't eat. They don't go buy clothes somewhere else. So that's the bullshit that's being fed to these worthless punks that does, they deserve the re-education. They deserve the FEMA concentration camps. This is what you get. You want to be a part of the insurgency? It's a damn good thing that we ain't in Stalin's Russia because the government would shoot your ass in a well, mass display. Get this. This Atkins character says that 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 is reparations. Anything they wanted to take, they can take it because these businesses have insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently the unrest was prompted by a social media post urging people to converge on Chicago's business district after police shot a man on the south side around 2.30 p.m. Sunday. Now, officers had responded to a call about a man with a gun in the Englewood neighborhood while being pursued by police. The man who was on foot turned and fired shots at officers before being struck himself and taken to a local hospital. This is according to Deputy Chief Delanda Talley. Latrell Allen was charged with attempted murder Monday after firing on officers, according to Chicago police. A video posted on Facebook around 6.30 p.m. falsely claimed that officers had shot and killed a 15-year-old boy. This is where people get to use social media, and where is social media on the censorship of, of that false narrative? It ain't Promoting happening. it. Exactly. They'll promote that, but they'll take down everybody else's shit. That it happens to be the you know that by some dink is the truth, but the truth doesn't matter to these fucking idiots. But there's more. Now the shooting prompted hundreds of people to descend on the downtown Chicago early Monday, with vandals smashing the windows of dozens of businesses and making off with merchandise, cash machines, and anything else they could carry. Okay. This was not an organized protest. Rather, this was an incident of pure criminality, Police Superintendent David Brown told reporters. This was an act of violence against our police officers and against our city. BLM organizers criticized police reports surrounding the shooting, noting that none of the officers involved had body cameras, which investigators confirmed. Black Lives Matter Chicago issued a statement 
oh, I can, I'm surprised they can actually write, by the Chicago Sun-Times that read, the mayor clearly has not learned anything since May, and she would be wise to understand that the people will keep up, will keep rising up until the Chicago Police Department is abolished and our black communities are fully invested in, the group said in their statement. Police say a lot of things, Atkins added, even though the Department of Justice said with the constant with the consent decree, they are no longer allowed to chase people. They decided they were going to chase, and they shot this young man multiple times. Okay, first of all, the character had a gun. He opened fire on police first, so they had to defend themselves accordingly. If I were a police officer and I was being shot at, you better believe I'm going to be pulling the trigger and shooting back. I will defend myself accordingly, and that's what they did. But, yeah, but you you missed it. Remember, they said right in there, you're not supposed to chase criminals. They're supposed to commit the crime, and if they start running, you've got to let them go because we say so. Oh, we're gonna riot, and we're gonna burn your city, and we're gonna we're gonna steal everybody's stuff. Now I was so you watching. Better not chase. I was watching a live feed on Facebook from Epoch from from Epic from Epoch. Blah, 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 blah. Let me try that again. Epoch Times. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I got tongue tied on that name, but that's okay. I. I'm glad that no way was here to help me get that name out because I couldn't. It's terrible. When, well, it's it's two oh seven in the morning. What do you want from me? Right. Um, but but Epoch Times had uh, had a reporter on the scene live, and people in broad daylight were still robbing, looting, pillaging, and plundering. Well, the reporters are live on the air. So, yeah, that's reparations to you, fuckheads. No, yeah. that's called that. No, what we call that is stealing. And you know something? The Bible is very clear about stealing. It comes from the Ten Commandments. It says, "Thou shalt not steal." But you obviously don't want to read the Bible because if you did, you'd probably misinterpret everything and read that read that commandment that says "Thou shalt not steal" and interpret it as meaning "Thou shalt steal and fuck the police." No, you you'd have to be there and correcting, put down that Quran and take three steps back. Read this one. And hand them a Bible. Hmm. Good point. Remember the Quran. There, there's many parts in there. Kill, kill your enemy. Lie, your, lie, deceive your enemy. Lead them into captivity, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. The Quran is a book of hate. That's all it preaches, and there's hate, 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 hate. 
At least the Bible was all about love. But with that love comes a cost. And here's the truth. Don't let it don't let it hurt too bad. Okay? Oh, it's funny you should mention that. I because in studying the hatred of Islam, since 2005, I've maintained a HTML copy of their of their criminal book. Well, let me see here. I'm going to uh, give people a very nice uh, education. All right. And let's see. This is what they, what they are mandated from their so-called holy book to do to non-believers. Folks, you need to listen to this carefully because what I'm about to do is what a professor of religious instruction told me. That He said, look at it, read it the way it's written, and then look at it in the reverse Watch carefully. They're, they're called surahs, okay? Whereas in the Bible, they're Bible verses. Surah 9.5 says, When the sacred months are over, slay the idolaters wherever you find them. Take them and confine them. Then lie in ambush everywhere for them. If they repent and establish the prayer, and pay the, oblig- the obligatory charity, let them go their way. Allah is forgiving and most merciful. Now, skipping that part there, that where it says, if they repent, before that, now take that, that next line, that line before they, if they repent, in the reverse context, and think about what happened to Daniel Pearl, and that other gentleman who was beheaded. Lie in ambush everywhere for them. Take them and confine them. Slay the idolaters wherever you find them. What happened to Daniel Pearl and the other guy, whose name escapes me off the top of my head? But using Daniel Pearl as an example, they laid an ambush for him. They took them hostage. And because they couldn't get their way like petulant, evil children, they cut his head off. Okay? If you look at... Now, here's the one that, that I often look at. Because it's also an instruction to commit violent atrocities or murder. And that's their, in their book, it's Surah 8.12. And when Allah revealed to, to the angels saying, I shall be with you, give courage to the believers. I shall cast terror into the hearts of the unbelievers. Strike them above the necks Smite their fingertips. 
Excuse me? Point to take note of. Strike them above the necks. In other words, behead them. Smite their fingertips. If this is supposed to be such a peaceful religion, why is their book riddled with evil in, evil intentions? Why is their book so quick to call for the murder of those who don't believe in their